Well, you know, Doc, when something happens, you can leave a trace of itself behind. Say, like, if someone burns toast. Well, maybe things that happen leave other kinds of traces behind. Not things that anyone can notice, but things that people who shine can see. Just like they can see things that haven't happened yet. Well, sometimes... They can see things that happened a long time ago. I think a lot of things happened right here in this particular hotel over the years. And not all of them was good. What about room 237? I'm not scared of room 237. What's in room 237? Nothing. There ain't nothing in room 237. But you ain't got no business going in there anyway. So stay out, you understand? Stay out. Nightcaps at the theater's first annual Fright Fest continues with one of the greatest horror films of all time. Bundle up and hold tight to your axe. Stanley Kubrick's 1980 adaptation of Stephen King's The Shining is barreling down the empty hotel hallway towards us. Well, all I can offer you is that while the Overlook is a historical establishment, don't stray too far into the maze. And definitely don't go into room 237 unless you want to come play with us forever and ever and ever. just my depression so yeah. anyway. uh, follows welcome. you like a ghost yeah almost it follows me everywhere i go every waking moment um welcome audience uh last time we watched uh what did we watch uh the we thing? watched john uh, carpenter's the thing yes and um mm-hmm. i'm here as always with uh my lovable co-host fight who gets to introduce themselves first because uh, i always feel bad about it i'm your uh friendly neighborhood spook caster mark zebro jr Ooh. Ooh. and i'm uh what's another spider-man thing octopus uh, i'm a uh, goblin I'm your Scarecrow. friendly Doc Ock. Uh, <laughs> mm. Mm. That new game's good, though. Yeah, I'm your, I'm your friendly neighborhood demon, oh, um, ooh. Matt ooh. Cabrera. And I'm Jonathan Kwiatkowski. <laughs> I have no sir title Welcome. anymore. <laughs> Welcome to my hell. Well, you haven't been playing Spider-Man. <laughs> I haven't been playing anything. Well, I've been coming true. home, passing out at 8 in my tears, and waking up at 4. Well, you know what you could be playing? Some Pokemon Go. No. Ooh, Brought true. to you by Nintendo. No, we're not but sponsored. But you're only like three years late to that. <laughs> no, so I mean, we really are. I swear to God, I played it when it first came out, and I, I got rid of it. Cause because I thought God it was, is judging you. Well, I thought, like, mm-hmm. I thought it was garbage, but I came back to it, and they 
totally like to re- reworked it. I had I'm having a lot more fun with it, and, and it's only just from today's like re-downloading <laughs> of it. And I'm gonna get off this tangent because this is not the mobile mobile game <laughs> podcast. Well, That's your podcast uh, when you started your oh, video game sh- show. Sh- then Hold we can me. talk about Catherine Full Body. Well, I I downloaded oh. it. Uh, <laughs> Catherine, oh boy. Catherine, oh. Debbie. Uh, I downloaded Pokemon Go uh, two years ago, but also deleted it pretty quickly because I just didn't want my mind to be corrupted, you mm-hmm. know, like so many of these other youths. Mm-hmm. But now they got me. Yeah. No, actually what happened was uh, my phone was like too updated or whatever, so it, it would crash whenever it started. Yeah, I couldn't launch that's it. What mine did so too. I was like, okay, yeah. I don't I need this. That, I remember that dark time too. <laughs> yeah. You were like, my phone's too... Because there was a business I could have had since I walk everywhere, the egg business. Ooh. There was like those two weeks I could have made bank for just walking yeah, those eggs. those yeah. eggs. But... I, I hate people and I hate things. So <laughs> you no, hate me? No. Well, otherwise, I wouldn't invite you into my home. Oh, you hate me? No. Oh, so you brought me McDonald's, so why would true. I hate you? <laughs> no, Sponsored he, by? He's, he's friend by default. Yeah, friend <laughs> by, he's my Uber Eats man. We just found on the street. I'm the ride. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. that's a good introduction. Ooh, Can we read? Can just rewind all this. Mm. Um, I guess we should get started with movies, shouldn't we? And TV shows. So, movies. So TV, TV, TV. Ooh, Emmys, Emmys, we, Emmys. Oh, is where this is. Yeah, like I, I stayed I up watch. past eight to watch the Emmys. <laughs> I didn't. Yeah. I, I was up, but I didn't watch yeah, it. All I, I, all I, I know is Peter Dinklage won, and mm-hmm. I was happy. And um, some other people won that I was interested in. I forgot. I honestly have no clue. There was a proposal oh, that yeah. I know of. I, but that, I heard it was uh, more cringe in the moment, but then when you mm-hmm. read more about it, it was like, oh, they had this plan. Like, they knew what they were doing. Like, it was they had it planned? Or, like, he did. Okay, like, okay. you know, he had a good, like, idea for it. He, like... He didn't just, like, oh, I'm going to do it on a whim and just do it. Was this, like, a random person? or it was, like, like a director and... Yeah, okay, he like, was talent. Yeah, <laughs> talent, his, yes. His fling. Mm. He wasn't a normie. Mm-hmm, but, uh, um, uh, Westworld, Maeve won. Tandy oh, Newton. nice. Fandy New- Newton. Fandy Newton. I don't know. No, that's it. She won, so I was great. She's the best part of Westworld and motorcycle. Forgot to close that window, but oh well. Um, <laughs> TV, so no Emmy news. I didn't watch. I didn't I'm watch. more excited for the Oscars this year because my girl Gaga's going to win. Mm. Or at least be nominated. Mm-hmm. Again, she was already nominated for a Till It Happens to You with that song from her right. documentary that she should have won. She could EGOT. Yeah, she got Eventually. Yeah. And Tony, come on. Yeah. Exactly. To, and we learned Grammy, about we learned about Tony's with Mr. Uh, uh, John Legend, uh, how he snuck in a producer credit and <laughs> oh, won that man. Tony. Tied for Tony, the youngest. Tony, Tony, Tony. Oh. Oh. That, that's how you got to do it. A, I'm telling you, we need a producer before <laughs> I die. We need to watch the producers. I kept talking about producers uh, today with uh, someone in my cast. Did someone and, get and the jokes at least? Well, no, 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 because we were talking about our, our like our dream shows, and no. I swear to God, like that I mentioned, I was like, I, I would love to be. Uh, was it uh, Franz? Franz yeah. Liebkin. Mm-hmm. And um, I love to be Roger Elizabeth Dupree. Oh. <laughs> Roger! <laughs> We're not alone. Well, Carmen Dia. Carmen Dia. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did that in a warm-up class, too, with the kids. Nice. S's, B's, everything. But um, TV! The, the audience doesn't know, and I'm not even sure if John knows, but Mark is currently catching a Pokemon. <laughs> oh, I, God, I swear to God. Well, well, now that I turn my eyes slightly to the left. Well, well, thank God I'm able to multitask. Not in my house. And I managed to catch a Bulbasaur! Ooh, very nice. That was well, impressive. He he went off uh, that whole, those few lines as if they were rehearsed while multitasking, because I cannot do that. Oh, when, I'm in, when I'm in go mode, I... Uh, my girlfriend was trying to talk to me, and I was like, "No, no, you're, you're can't can't world. do this right now." And uh, man, I can barely people talk. People are dying. I can barely, playing Pokemon Go. I, I can know. barely talk as it is, and I'm able to just do one and one or the other. Well, now, well, now, I, now, now, I just ruined myself. Well, I'm, no. I'm, I'm glad I prepared these 16 pages of notes to get through tonight. So wonderful. Um, Let's see. TV. I've uh, began and finished watching American Vandal 
season two, mm. which is better than the first season. No spoilies. Really? Yeah. I've yeah, been no watching both. I've been uh, watching both. There is uh, the turd burglars I, on the loose. I can't. Oh, I cannot. And we gotta wait. catch them. And um, it. I felt less funny, more serious than the first season. Well, like the end of uh, last season was oh, was tapering on no, the total serious. N- no spoilers, but the ending in this is a little serious too. Yikes. Wow. Huh. But it was. I think it was better. I think it's because of my Catholic school days, and I totally related <laughs> to it because they go to Saint Bernardine's, and it's just like uh, there's this old uh, brother Buckley who no one wants to kill because he's so old and he moves so slow, and it's you know. Catholic Wait, is it the same cast? Uh, not the, the kids, it, it, just the just, two main, people, yeah, two main people, mm-hmm. the two kids hosting. Okay, oh, and they do so a real the, good uh, thing where like now Netflix gave us a budget, and I love when people do that. It's like yes, <laughs> that's nice. good. Yeah. I like that. Mm-hmm. So uh, wait, the uh, the like you know. I'm trying to dance around this stereotypical dumb kid. I guess he's not back. No, oh, he was great. School. He was a different highlight. School. Yeah, yeah. I, I, know, I thought they do the same school. Well, no, the first Weird. season was uh, funnier. Okay, I, yeah, he, I definitely give it that. He was a shining I, light. All those com- dicks on those cars and stuff. I was just dying. I, I think it's good that they deviated from that mm-hmm. and not like drag it back. Yeah, to, like, yeah. A similar, like it's good that they, yeah. it's like okay it's now it's different. It's fresh. Or it's like they they themselves are just documentarians mm-hmm. or they're just going from yeah. school to school. So yeah. Yeah. I like That's that approach. Cool. Mm-hmm. I do miss that kid though. His comedic timing was off yeah. the charts. Well, he was a he was a viner when yeah. he first started out, yeah. and then oh, he yeah? just started popping up in numerous things. So I thought viners getting all the money they can get. All that King Bach. Have you ever? Oh, you mean mukbang? Mukbang. Mukbang. We're gonna have a McDonald's mukbang right after this. Gesundheit. That's a Korean eating thing that they all do that I'm obsessed with. Really? When you eat large amounts. Oh, like the like the girl with a giant cake. You mean Trisha Paytas? That's. <laughs> you know these people. I, have, I work with children. I've, I've I get compared to Shane Dawson. They watch you... this stuff as yes. well. Who do you think watches this stuff? I thought they just w- play Fortnite. No, they watch YouTube too. I gotta stay fresh and young. Oh, so they Damn. watch like all that. Um, what's her name? Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. Now we'll I'm here for know. another three hours. <laughs> we'll, we'll cut this. I won't cut this. I got a long time. Um, I'm watching the Great British Bake Off series five. Uh, series six was just added. Mm-hmm. Still good. Always good to know. Um, about and uh, the new show Maniac by Carrie Fukunaga, uh, yes. Ooh, yes. Sarah Hill, and Emma How Stone. How is that? I'm two episodes in, and it's weird. Is good it, weird. Is it good though? Mm, yeah. I well, it may have been since I worked thirty <laughs> hours and no sleep. I was falling asleep during the first episode, mm. and then during you mean the thirty second, hours straight, not thirty hour work week. Yeah, that. Okay. And during the second episode, I was just doing work during it, which uh. I can't do. I have to like rewatch the first two and. The second episode was better, but it's weird. I'm like, gonna use like too weird, too well, weird for its know, own good. Well, I don't know because it looks like it's going Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, which I love. Mm-hmm. That's the reason why I got hooked, and it's Kerry Fukunaga who yeah. originally was slated to direct it, but that script was a train wreck. Mm-hmm. That, mm, mm, I, I want to hear copy. more about that goldfish, though. I have that script. You can read it. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I allegedly I might have found that script somewhere. Um, <laughs> Also, I'm he gave watching, it to you. Yeah, yeah, he sent it to me directly. Um, also, I'm watching Mark's favorite American horror story, Apocalypse. Oh, and it's, yes, it's absolute, my favorite. It's absolute shit, and I'm looking it up. Uh, they got Joan Collins in it, you know, from Dynasty. Dynasty. The 80s show. I, I feel like yeah. I'm ancient at the same time. The, the name rings a bell, but... You ask your uh, children, ask your grandparents <laughs> and parents if they watch Dynasty. They'll go, yeah, and I also did. But uh, she was the best part, but... 
she uh, got a quick off, but here she has oh. more than one character, as they usually do. So interesting. Okay. It's American Horror Story, so if someone <laughs> dies, expect them to come back in like a thirty seconds later. My sister uh, has got my mom into it. And well, my mom's I, obsessed with and it. And my mom, I guess, didn't watch season three. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, just I guess because mm-hmm. well, the witches this season, haven't gotten yeah. there yet. So, so yeah. they're coming. The witches um, are, Stevie's coming when Stevie Nicks plays. That's, oh. that's the reason why I got hooked on that season because Stevie Nicks is a character she plays herself. What? Yeah, yeah and she's coming back. That. This, yeah. Oh. That's why I love that season, because they're like, who's that? And it's like, that's Stevie Nicks, that's the awesome. White Witch. <laughs> and she plays Stevie Nicks, the White Witch. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Holy shit, that's kind of that, awesome. Didn't I tell you the story, and Mark has to hear this, how I explained to a Kane student how... Uh, it was Rhiannon, but it was a yeah. slower version of Rhiannon. Okay. And I had to explain that she didn't write that song for the show. She's from a oh. band called Fleetwood Mac, and mm-hmm. they sang. And this was an adult, someone older than me. And I'm like... <laughs> I gave up on the human race. Wow, <laughs> yeah, that's... Well, you've given up on it way lot. before then. Multiple times, but that was a, a challenging day for I'm me. telling you, these people, they're not listening to their classic rock stations, not supporting those. They're listening to country. Yeah, well, Fleetwood is like an everyone music. Everyone that's true. Yeah, but I, that, I'm not into this country stuff. You don't I'm like that saying. famous country song, uh, She Was My Sister, So I Kissed Her? <laughs> <laughs> or Take Your Truck Driving Down the Bridge or whatever. <laughs> I assume that's a song. Um, also, Twilight Zone is coming back, and none of you cared that I no. posted that. No, no, I care. Wait, I do care. You did not post that. I posted he did it in post the it. chat, and he did. I got no response. He did. Oh, in nightcaps? First of all, I, no, I wasn't oh, really I checking check that. that. I'm sorry. No, chat, no, right, I check right. it something. First of all, I, I, I've had rehearsal back to back to back this week, mm. and it's been impossible to get to my phone. So Same. first of all, I apologize, yeah. but I am very excited about Jordan Peele's uh, hosting. Is oh, it, yeah. I, but I could have sworn he was writing this as well. He could be. I'm sure but, he uh, is. Because yeah. uh, what's his name uh, also mm-hmm. yeah. wrote for the I forget show. his name. Rod. Yeah. Rod. Oh, Rod Sterling. Yeah. Rod St- yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. But uh, no, I've been re-watching that. Not because of this. It was probably within like the past few months. And uh, it, that's a show that still holds up. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's on Netflix, and yeah. people please go and check it out. Yes. It's it's still one of the best shows I think. Or come in terms New Year's, watch the Twilight Zone marathon. Rod Sterling is one person who was told uh, uh, saying. Uh, it's like he he said. Um, it's like I I want to write science fiction. Someone told him that's stupid, and he goes all right. And then he writes uh, like a, ma- <laughs> a majority of the episodes yeah. and hosts them, and and they were all great, great, yeah. great, great. Oh, classic yeah. show. And my last TV news is Big Mouth season two was a coming. Really coming? Yeah, it's coming. Yeah, it's, coming. it's coming down the pipeline. I love that show. Love that show. Uh, I'm wondering about Stranger Things. I mean, I know the first. Uh, I love Stranger Things. <laughs> I've talked about this last episode, I, so. But now that Telltale's gone, I don't care anymore. <laughs> they went bankrupt. No more Stranger oh, Things. Yeah, really. yeah. That's, that's another weird. No more Wolf Among Us game. That's. Among I was excited for Wolf Among Us. We all game. were. I'm telling you, somebody wanted my Wolf Daddy. Not a lot of people <laughs> like that though. But I, I was a big fan. Mm-hmm. Somebody has to pick up that studio. Like you know, all the ex talent that left. Somebody well, has to pick them up. We, that, we won't have. We won't know. Above their head. We're not going to know what happens to Clementine. No, they said that's fine. No, no, no. no they said it's canceled. They, yeah, they, they did? redid it. Really? I, I didn't yeah. share it yet because no, I've been I've been never. busy. It's done. Episode they, two is the last one, and it's coming what? out next week. The bare bones team that oh they have it's now. Only 25 guess what people. they're for? What? Guess what it's for? Minecraft story mode on Netflix. Which I don't know how that. Works. Uh, Whatever. The kids will buy it. You know what? Maybe Netflix will have like an interactive thing where it's like Mm -hmm. press this button. Mm -hmm. Netflix is too stupid for that. (laughs) Anyways, any TV? Uh, Well, (laughs) uh, I I was gonna start Maniac. But instead, I decided to start watching. Decided to masturbate instead. There, there's that. but I started watching The Good Cop with Oh, Josh Groban. Oh, that's on. I didn't know that was out. And Tony Danza. Is it good? Um, let me tell you this. Did, did you ever watch Monk? Yeah. Do you like Monk? Yeah. 
Uh, this is like Monk, but Ooh. but it kind of sucks. Aww. But the thing here, here's the thing. It's like, damn, it, it's it's watchable television. Does Josh sing though? There's like some jazz. Of course, you hear sure. more. Josh Groban. Why you, would you cast? I'll, him I'll, I'll tell you this. Sing. You hear more more of Tony Danza singing than what? you do of George oh, Groban. I'm Tony only Danza. I'm, I'm only two episodes. Ugh. Listen, I, I you know what? Tony Danza is the one that keeps the show going. Mm. Uh, Josh Brolin is like Groban. Very, Josh Groban. I'm sorry. <laughs> Josh Groban's like very bland yeah. on the show, mm. which is weird because he does have acting chops. Yeah. Have you ever seen? What the do movie? you mean, Natasha Pierre and the Great Comet of 1812? Lead. It was Josh Groban. Who I'm speaking more okay, for the for, for the silver voice, screen, yeah. but uh, there's a movie called Coffee Town. If you ever seen it, it's mm, I've with, heard of it. I haven't seen it. I think it's really funny. He's hilarious in that movie. It mm. stars uh, the guy that plays Dennis on Always Sunny and uh, Ben Schwartz. <laughs> okay. Uh, oh, but, that sounds great! And I, th- yeah. I, I think That's it's a, right up Matt's alley. I think mm-hmm. it's a college humor movie as well, because huh. you do see some people from like the like the, if you ever watched like the hardly working skits back in the day. Um, oh, no, please, I I, I, all right. All right. What well, like what, this is back in the day. This is like high school. It's for oh, me it was, yeah. Yeah. but uh, uh, yeah, that that was funny. This show, it, it's like it's like pseudo serious sometimes. It's more of like a dramedy, yeah. and like that's why I kind of mentioned Monk because it's it's. You know, every episode's like an investigation. There's mm-hmm. a murder or something like that. It's actually about the same guy who did Monk. Yeah. Is it really? Yeah. Uh, and and either, either, either Monk or Psych. Yeah. Okay. I think it's Monk. Too. I so, thought it was Psych. So it might be Psych. So it acts. Like, it's you know, it's 45 minutes an episode. I, I confuse this. It acts like an episode, uh, a show that you would catch on like maybe Fox or mm-hmm. TNT, and yeah. it's 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 watchable, mm-hmm. but it's not something that I think that can really hold your attention. But it's 10 episodes mm-hmm. and. Uh, I would say give it a try. Maybe mm-hmm. it's something you want on in the background. Maybe something like the br- uh, best British Break Off. Big British Break Off. I'm sorry. Or Big British Baking Show. No, he's wa- he's on another Bake level. He's well, watching best. Well, they can't best. say Bake Off in England, so they call it the Big British Baking Show. Wait, why can't they say Bake Off? We, I, Didn't you just call it that? Like, oh, you're getting baked off, mate. Or something uh, like that. All know? those crazy Brits. Yeah. <laughs> I don't but, know. Bugger oh, this! Yeah. <laughs> no, the good. I didn't know that was out. I've been waiting for that uh, yeah. for a while. I'm surprised I didn't know it was out because. The person who worked on it, like the creator, is WFMU host um, Andy Breckman. Yeah, yeah, that's him. And I, I really like his radio show every week, uh, Wednesday, 6 p.m. to it, 7 p.m. It has a lot of good back and forth between uh, Josh Groban and uh, Tony Danza, nice. so I will give it that. Okay. Uh, but aside from like maybe side characters, not so much to write home about, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, it's okay. It's an okay time. I'm not going to say it's bad. It's okay. Nice. Sometimes okay is good enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially when you want something. Yeah, like you said, just in the background. Yep, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. I, I'm TV. definitely gonna give that a shot. TV Matt, can I offer you some TV? <laughs> let's see. Let's see. BoJack Horseman. Oh, I need to get back. That's a great. Show. I'm in a sad point in my life. I cannot continue to watch BoJack <laughs> yeah. without getting sadder. This season hasn't been too bad. Mm. No, it's actually been pretty <laughs> well, good. Last season was like. Woo. Good or bad? I, I didn't no, feel, I mean, last season was depressing. I didn't feel like it was as depressing I, I, I as people like thought. That. I did. Like everyone, like that struck me. Everyone thought the penultimate episode was the saddest thing in the world, and I, I thought it was sad, but I didn't. Uh, there weren't as many waterworks as there had been for previous seasons. Mm-hmm. But up until now, which I'm only like halfway through, mm-hmm. but it's good. I mean, it, it's a show that you can count on. It's depend, yeah, depend, depend, yeah, be dependent. It's consistently great. Um, I don't know if this season is, you know, as funny as the other one. I think it is. I, 
I feel like they kind of put the animal stuff in the background, actually, and that's where a lot of like the quick jokes came from. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there's still some of it there, of course. And well, we're it's, on what season like five now. Season yeah, season yeah. five, so and I, plus a Christmas time. special. Yeah. <laughs> and true. And I, I honestly, I don't think they have any plans of ending like anytime soon, which is great because I just want to live in this world for as much mm-hmm. as possible, unless they end Bojack Horseman Isn't himself. It? Yeah. They <laughs> they make glue out of him. Oh God! No, Will Arnett. You know no! that joke is gonna be made. Uh, the, this be. season, well, it's been made. This season has been pointing. Not really. Yeah, spo- doesn't one I don't of his relatives go off to the glue factory or something like that? Oh that shit! Guy? <laughs> not recently, or yeah, not well, that I, I saw. Well, I mean, I, I think I heard that mentioned on that show a couple times. Uh, Either that, or I'm just dwindling on Animal, uh, animal Farm. I don't think he has another <laughs> Animal Farm. Yeah. He doesn't have other relatives. Eh, okay, st- st- stuff does happen. But uh, no, it's it's good. It's consistently great. You can count on it. If you like the other seasons, you'll like this one. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's fantastic. Bojack is that show I, I keep wishing I can keep up with, but I'm yeah, I'm so lagging behind. I'm not in the good place for me. I haven't started the good Ooh, place. Oh, you gotta watch the good place. That's okay, coming out next week, me. baby. Season everyone, three. Everyone tells me I have not gotten around to it. You have. Once you start, you can't stop. Wait, what? Wait, look. There's all the time I have. Oh, it's gone. There it goes. <laughs> there's all the time in the world. <laughs> another another that's, Twilight Zone. That's my Twilight Zone. I was a perfect time to read. <laughs> can, can, can I ask you this? What? Will you think they? Will you think they remake episodes of some. the Twilight Zone? I think Twilight some. Zone? I think they'll do some remakes and mm. then more originals. I want more originals. Of course, we all want more originals. I mean, that, that are like actually good though. I feel the like, Black Mirror is good. I mean, yeah, that's true. The, yeah. That's the best substitute yeah. for yeah. that. So. I feel like even towards the end, Twilight Zone was a little sputtering. It was kind of running out of ideas. I mean, it ran crazy. on for like yeah, six like seasons. Yeah, it was, for like, it was on for but, a while. And there's over like, what, 200 episodes? Yeah. yeah. So I don't blame it, but... Mm-hmm. So I... Yeah. Should we uh, slam the, the remote control gavel down for television and continue on? To there was another thing. Oh, oh yeah, be- okay. Better Call Saul, also consistently great. Mm. Uh, this season is a slow, slow as always. Yeah. And That's another show I need to keep up with. It's a treat. No, I did the same thing with Breaking Bad. I waited till the last scene and watched the whole thing, and it worked out well. Mm. I guess, but I have good memories of like Breaking Bad, the last season of just like watching it with people I didn't know, watching it with strangers in dorm rooms. <laughs> yeah, it's like okay, this is fun. What uh, What I do like about Better Call Saul is that it always starts with like uh, something from like post Breaking Bad, yeah, like the current era. Yeah, where like it does like the season two effect, where like it starts with every episode. Leading into like what's happening and like what might happen because I know something happens with like his present day self, yeah. but that's that's it. That's in terms of like spoilers for me, you know. Mm-hmm. Like so, but I need to, I've I've only one season in mm-hmm. from like where it first started off, mm-hmm. and I really need to catch up because I, I just oh, yeah. I love it. I love the the, the Breaking Bad mm-hmm. verse. It's just so fucking just Intense. competent. I, like I, everything is great. I just think like anything that uh, what Vince Gilligan, Vince Gillian uh, yeah. makes is gold. He knows exactly what he wants every episode and mm-hmm. everything makes sense. He's fantastic. And like the writers too, to they're also Fargo on top then. of it. You'll yeah, Fargo. yeah. Yeah, Fargo is like once Breaking Bad. What's that meme? It's like tired Fargo, fired or like lit. I haven't seen that. Tired, uh, tired Breaking Bad, fired Fargo. <laughs> uh, I'm not memes. sure what oh, that means. I'm sorry. I'm speaking <laughs> of memes. Anyways. Oh, anyways, I'll slam the TV remote gavel down. Bang bang. <laughs> dong, dong. And we'll move Law on and to order. Movies. movies and trailers. Oh shit, movies. Fuck. Movies. Oh, movies. Damn. I forgot there was another Let's medium. Let's all go to the movies. That's um, all. I guess oh. I'll start. I didn't see any <laughs> movies. I always interrupt Matt. You gotta keep up, Matt. Oh, that's fine. Um, I didn't see any movies. A lot of trailers, a lot of news, though. Yeah, same gonna, here. Same here. Uh, now that I got Matt in the room, you're taking me to Stars Born opening weekend, right? Well, I actually, I meant to ask you about that. Because it's, we have to get tickets, like, 
Well, not a Jersey, it, not a Jersey Gardens. Hey, we all. Oh no! Can we can yeah. we make this a threesome? Because yes. I'm not, I'm actually very can interested we, in this. Please, movie. Let's do it. That make me so happy. I'm actually very interested in this movie. Because then can I we get record to the movie love of Gaga and share it with our three <laughs> we, audience. We members. have an illegal uh, yeah. commentary Yo, episode. Hold on, speaking <laughs> of that, I have news. Uh, Tommy Wiseau just recently uploaded uh, the uh, room in full to yep. YouTube for I, free. Really? So you that. can watch it anytime. Is he desperate? No, he's cool. I love Tommy. He's richer than any of us. He has money, so he knows. George Lucas. We're going to see Stars Born because it might be Gaga's year to at least be nominated. Mm-hmm. She will definitely get nominated. I think this is going to be like a, some. I think Oscar. Bradley Cooper will win. This is going to be stuff. some Oscar bait. Of I course. think it's going to be pretty good. And mm. then I can teach you why it was made four times <laughs> and why. I still don't know. Why the Judy Garland one is better and the Barbara Streisand one. Mm. No, like, I'm good. I've just seen clips of this movie, like actual clips. Have like, you heard her sang though? Of course. Her riffs, she's a sanger. But like the interactions that she mm-hmm. and uh, Bradley, Bradley Cooper, Cooper have yeah. are uh, just feel genuine, real, right? genuine, and mm-hmm. like there's. I love like little like thing of him My rolling down the window. Are erect, yeah. Or it's like and you're li- that rah rah bitch, aren't you? <laughs> I can no, confirm there absolutely. are erect I nipples love that. in the room. I love that tweet. It's like, hey, what? You're that rah rah bitch, aren't you? <laughs> and then she just smiles. Oh my gosh, wait, why aren't you guys on Twitter? There's she, so many funny things. I need to get play? back on Twitter. Oh wait, that's not in the trailer. No, they oh, make that's fun amazing. of it on okay. Twitter. It's like, you're that rah-rah. They like redub, you're that rah-rah bitch. <laughs> oh, okay. I, keep, I keep promoting my Twitter and then I'm never Never tweeting. using it. And yeah, it's posting on Instagram, but me! I don't tweet. I only, uh, I'll, I'll, I only retweet contests. I, at least I have. Yeah, gone. at least you've done it. To, Look to that. I've been meaning one, to, two trace yeah. times maybe. Yeah. I I get on that. We got a few listeners out there. I've been meaning to do movie news for the. P- Listen, <laughs> I've got years. so many news. I've got eighth grade news oh. or reviews. I've got uh, oh. Black Klansman reviews. I've got so much. Well, bring one out and return. Let me get through mine. Second trailer, Suspiria. We're going to see that. Not opening weekend because I'm going to see My Fair Lady that weekend. But oh, soon well, after. What, what about Thursday though? You consider during Thursday? a work day? Oh, that's true. Ah! That's true. Wait, You're Columbus, crazy, Matt. Col- Columbus Day is su- no wait. It's a Monday. It's, I'm off I, that Monday. Well, no, because it doesn't come out. It's October like 27th yeah, it's the end of or something. October, yeah. 20, yeah. Okay. But November, I do have a lot of days off because of Thanksgiving and stuff. Yeah. Well, okay. we'll see it before then because it opens November second. No, and then we got Halloween. Halloween looks good. They yeah. showed the footage of the new trailer. It didn't cut that I, 18 minute one shot killing spree. Michael Myers. Oof. Thank God. Thing jam that looks amazing. That really sounds awesome. Yeah. yeah. I'm I'm pretty excited for it. Yeah. And and fucking um what's her name? Jamie Lee Curtis. Jamie Lee Curtis. I was thinking Jamie Stewart. I was like, James Stewart. No, Mr. Potter, no. <laughs> oh, Jamie uh, Stewart. Was that the boogie man? Jamie Stewart is well, that's Jimmy Stewart. Yeah, Jimmy James. Jamie Stewart is the front man for uh experimental indie rock band Shushu, mm-hmm. which is uh Mm-hmm. They're interesting and they're good and they're mm-hmm. and they're weird. Yeah. And if you hear like behind the scenes stories, you'll gasp because they do weird bodily shit. Mm-hmm. And wow. uh, literally, it sounds like ankle pants. Yeah. It's a little bit like Gigi Allen. Yeah, and, I've uh, seen uh, a few artists, uh, one performing of, artists, throw up on people. With yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, one That's of their the one of their music videos. Like Kesha? Well, Kesha did it uh, somewhere, but um, there's like artists that like chug the glitter and then vomit, and that's their art. Yeah, one art. of their. Oh, who are we? To ju- it's and then, they, and then they die at thirty. Yeah. Yeah. One of their music videos was um, uh, it was like for a song called Chocolate or something. Mm, chocolate. And it was a, a woman being fed chocolate until she threw up. Yeah. And that, that was Ooh. the music video. Yeah. I don't think it's I watched that. it, mm. but uh, pretty pretty okay band, pretty good band, and they've also been 
Um, I think they're working with like Sky Ferreira on something, and that sounds like Guy Ferreira. He's like, <laughs> it's like porn name. Sky Ferreira. He's from Earth Two. Yeah. <laughs> and then they also did a cover album of Twin Peaks, the Twin Peaks soundtrack, mm-hmm. and okay. Nina Simone. Ooh, so pretty, my girl Nina Simone. Pretty interesting. All right, I, my ears perked up. Yeah, exactly. Um, I have more movie moves. So I guess I'm gonna just jam this in right now. Do um, it. Madeline's Madeline, that movie trailer I posted I, in the chat. I, I haven't seen it. Uh, no I, one's seen I, it I, yet. I, I need to see it though because apparently it. it's like this theater weird, and it's in the vein. I hear it compared to 8th grade in like the stylistic approach to it so like there's mm-hmm. something like that's that that's interesting because I didn't think of 8th grade as particularly I, I, I stylistic I saw a video yesterday by one of my YouTubers that I watched that he compared both of them I was like oh okay but anyways it, it's directed by a girl I don't know but she was in the Maria Ambravovich documentary the artist is present you know that lady okay I have to explain this artist I don't know okay. Maria Ambravovich so bitch. she's this artist and <laughs> a few years ago her big thing was she'd sit in a chair for the whole day and oh, people I know would come her. and sit across yeah. from her with so like she's guns. all about being present. Not not in guns. Oh. Just sit just sit in the chair. There was another woman yeah. that was like, do yeah. whatever you want to me, and yeah. there would be like a that, loaded it, it gun. Was yeah, it was okay, different. Okay. But um uh she sat and this director who apparently directs movies directed this. She was the one person who like tried to get naked when sitting next to her, and that wasn't allowed. Like there was security around. She was the woman but who tried to get naked. I in found that super interesting. I'm like, oh, we need to watch like a back-to-back to this, or because I don't know. Okay. I love that documentary. Because like, huh. I was really into Maria and Bravimich for a, a time, but mm. interesting. Um, my my movie news is over. Someone take it over. Uh, I mean, uh, I haven't uh, I haven't seen any movies. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm yeah, I'm sort of like that. But I did watch the Captain Marvel trailer, Ooh. which I know John is just Ooh. like yeah, Ooh. exactly. I'm gonna watch uh, it, but I don't watch trailers. Yeah, I watch the movie. <laughs> Close. Uh, no, it's so uh, like yeah. This is it the girl. Is yeah, Captain Marvel? yeah, okay. it's uh, Brie Larson oh, who plays um, from Scott Pilgrim. Hello again, friend of a friend. Nice Brie, Brie Larson was in Scott Pilgrim. She, yeah, yeah, she was. She's Envy, Ebony, something like that. Yeah, uh, Envy, Envy yeah. something. Scott Pilgrim currently on Netflix. Just added. Yeah, watch it. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, there was a great shot of her like landing in a blockbuster because uh, this takes place in the nineties. Because we have we have to emphasize the nineties because there's a blockbuster uh, here. They're gonna have a lot of fun with that. But uh, you know, they 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 brought back, they're bringing back a lot of like characters from uh, previous films like Samuel Jackson, mm-hmm. uh, Clark Gregg as uh, Agent Coulson, as nice. spe- like, also on Agents of Shield. Um, uh, Jude Law got some uh, spotlight. He's going to be a prominent character in this as well, just because of and his, fantastic his origins. He's playing young Dumbledore. Uh, whatever, <laughs> but not gay. Not gay. They wrote that out. Oh no! Mm, everyone got upset. About it. Does he have a wife? The, the, Jake, well, the, the J.K. Way, gift. The way that um, uh, he's what's like, his check face out that looks, ten on the street. Johnny Depp looks in that movie. I wouldn't be gay for him either. So I mean, uh, <laughs> he looks like enough. just upset your whole fan base, yeah. <laughs> or maybe half. Oh no, it's true. We all hate that makeup. Mm. We all discuss that in the, mm-hmm. the boards. When I we just don't want, I'm disgusted by Johnny Depp himself now. <laughs> true. Uh, Lee Pace is also back in this <gasps> as well. As back as Rona the Accuser in a different sort of role. Because, you know, like, this is, like, maybe 20 years Hair prior. Maker, have you gone around to Pushing Daisies yet? I have. Oh! I haven't finished it. Why didn't it. you bring that up on TV? Oh, when you finish it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, well, there's another one I need to bring back, too, yeah. as well. But, uh, well, you have something in mind. So, it's like it's sort of like the hostage situation between our, <laughs> our set of movies. <laughs> but, uh, no, it's, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for it, you know. I, I'm actually more excited for more Marvel things than I am for Star Wars, just because Star Wars is now, like, kind of uh, upset me mm-hmm. with the previous mm-hmm. films. Mm-hmm. Um but uh, no, uh, the movie looks fun, looks uh, enjoyable. I'll check it out. Mm-hmm. That's all I have to say on that. Okay. Nice. And movies, Matthew? I don't think I have any movie news at all, except that... Do you want that, to share um, one of your stored reviews that you... <laughs> no, oh, I meant for Black Twitter. Oh, for Twitter. That, or Instagram. Oh, okay. Yeah. Whatever those uh, social medias are called. Yeah. Um, 
But, uh, sorry, I use medias, which is not the proper plural. I got corrected on that as a youth, too. And I was like, it's totally media. <laughs> I think like, the plural is right, media. Yeah, exactly. But they were like, no, it's medias. I'm like, do you hear yourself <laughs> Wait, talking? Wait, yeah, that's terrible. Like, an adult told me, like, no, you mean medias. No, and I was oh like, as a child, God. it's either medium or media. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, you could use multiple medium or wow. media. Wow, I thought you meant corrected in the opposite no, way. No, by an adult. Like, I was correcting that's, them. That's fucked up. <laughs> oh, mm-hmm. that's traumatic. Yeah. Um... No, let's see. I just see. said that. Like, yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Like, I'm used to it now. Yeah. Um, oh, I bought tickets for First Man, <laughs> directed by fan fave oh. Damien Chazelle. I, I'm, well, I'm hearing good things about it, I think. Yeah, but after La La Land, I can't trust him ever again. <laughs> but uh, I'm not excited about it. Uh, it just looks like, oh, whatever. I, I know I know what the end, yeah. end mark is. I mean, it was They filmed f- it in a studio. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be the after credits scene. <laughs> Um, Stanley Kubrick makes an appearance from the dead. Oh, yeah. Uh, let's see. No, but it was just, yeah, it was a free ticket. Thanks to AMC Stubbs A-List. And not a sponsor. Who is not a sponsor of <laughs> us. <laughs> and never will be. Um, and, yeah. And, um, uh, I think that's about it. Movies? I, no movie news we, at all. None of us watched oh, uh, a movie I, podcast I, where we watched no movies? Well, at least I had trailers. <laughs> oh, I had a trailer. I had multiple trailers. I've, oh, been, I've been busy with this bullshit. This isn't a dick measuring well, contest. Well, we're watching a movie tonight. Oh, so. well, what is that oh. movie, John? Well, we'll get to that. Um, I guess, so what do we slam when we finish the movie news? Do we set fire to the wheel or whatever? Or, I, don't I don't know. know. We, well, we need more I sound effects. I set fire to the wheel. <laughs> to the wheel. <laughs> no, we pull on Shoshana from Inglorious Bastards and go just burn down the theater. <laughs> 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 yeah. Influenced by, uh, what the fuck was that movie called <laughs> that I brought in? <laughs> what did you bring in? Which uh, one? Oh, uh, the French one. <laughs> Jesus, how do you remember? I've I have had a too teacher, much of this I drink. Have to. He's cultured. Yeah, I'm cultured. I- influenced, <laughs> influenced by Les Grandes Vendouilles. Tonight's movie. Shall we get to that? It's been 30 minutes, which is good. Sure. It's going to be a long episode. This is a long movie. Oh, Should we split no. it into parts? No. 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 I, I don't have time I, and effort for that. As soon as I said it, yeah. No. 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 Anyways, your hints were first hint, Roke Stroke. Daddy's going to get me. First hint. Second hint, in my opinion, the second scariest movie. Third hint, it's a 1980 film. Any guesses? Can I hear the first hint again? Roke stroke, daddy's gonna get me. Hmm. Hmm. Is it an 80s film? 1980 film. 1980. You're not being specific on... It's specific, 1980. Okay. Released in 1980. Oh, 1980. The All right. year 1980. Let Matt go first. I feel like he gets yeah. most of his guesses wrong anyway. <laughs> I, I feel like I get most of them right, actually. Oh, true. That's true. He do, but you second guess yourself because last time you had, well, you're like, yeah. no, it's not the thing. That was four. Unforgivable. Oh, no yeah. One, yeah. Unforgiven? Yeah. Unforgiving. Unforgiving. <laughs> yeah, you've been drinking. <laughs> We've been drinking. Clearly. Um, well, I, I have I just, one more hint, but it will, you'll know what it is when I get the hint. Oh, just man. from knowing, I don't think I'll know. Just from oh, knowing know. you, I know what your like top tier yeah, horror films do. are. Yeah, you do. If you've listened to any of the old episodes of the podcast yeah. too, you probably know. But I'm just about certain that neither of the ones I'm thinking of came out in 1980. They mm. predate that. Mm. Well, maybe you're guessing wrong. Then. Could I have multiple guesses? Yeah, of course. We don't have police on this podcast. You got three strikes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've got a loaded gun here. And I only have... The glass lady will wheel her out. She also is gun lady on her days <laughs> off, you know? Uh, let's see, okay. Three guesses. I'm inspired. I think I know your your first most horrific film. How do you say that? Most scary? Yeah. But, um... Which we've never watched. So, that's scary. I don't know that. Spooky. <laughs> so second, I'm going to say, 
I don't think this was eighty though, but Rosemary's Baby. No, not Rosemary's yeah, Baby. That was what, sixty nine? Sixty eight? Around there. Yeah. Might have been seventies, I don't know the exact year. And the other guess I have, I think it's your top horror film. Mm-hmm. Also don't think it was eighty, it was like seventy three. Guess it. Sister Margareta. <laughs> Sound of music. Oh, I'm gonna say uh, The Exorcist. No, we would never watch The Exorcist. That's too. That's my top. Okay, scary. exactly. Okay, okay. That I didn't know it's your top. In this scary. house, I have an Exorcist story. We, we just can't make jokes. Oh, we had to actually just watch that the movie. Movie scares the shit out of me. Well, shit. This one scares it. less shit out of me, but <laughs> okay. slightly less. Okay, it couldn't have been John Carpenter because he released the thing and in I 1980. Two John Carpenter films. We got. We got to like deviate from that yeah i don't know what came out in 1980 um when i say the last 10 you're all gonna go oh and you'll know uh, i'm cool let's see uh i'm just all right it's not good i'm just just gonna throw out i guess friday the 13th no not friday the 13th yeah mark Hi, Mark. <laughs> Can I hear the hints well, one more time? Roke Stroke, Daddy's Gonna Get Me. 1980 film. In my opinion, the second scariest horror film. So two, one vague, two vague and one specific that won't really give you a lot of information. You said you have one more hint, but you think... I do, but you need to guess first because you'll know it immediately when I say this hint. Really? Both of you will know. Both of you will know. You give me too much credit. Um, you will know. Is it Pumpkinhead? No, but good guess. Mm. I like the Pumpkinhead. And I like a trick or treat, too. Oh. But those are more recent. Hmm. Daddy's gonna get me. I played to their weaknesses, audience. Damn so it! They wouldn't guess it right off the bat. Uh, can I ask a question? Yeah. Is it a sequel? No. Okay. But it hmm. is going to get a sequel. Damn you! Ooh. There's another guess. Is it Halloween? No. Damn it! All right, so that's two. Halloween already has ten sequels. <laughs> well, I mean, come <laughs> on. Know. We can always do with another one. Another. But they're all well, not well, canon. Now, it's getting now a they're new not canon. Not, yeah. <laughs> H2O, not canon? Yeah. Um, Last hints. Based on a 1977 Stephen King novel. Damn it. Oh. Oh, I should have fucking known this. Really? God Are you kidding me? Should we say at the same time? Because I forgot you found this so scary and I thought it was just whatever. Yeah, like you never listened to me. I thought it was... On on three, all of us. One, One, two, two, three. three. The Shining! Shining. (laughs) Tonight we're watching... On my three pack. Oh, three pack? I have that same pack. That, that's yeah. an interesting three pack. Twenty one. Stanley Kubrick and Stanley Kubrick. Ah, oh, that's all right. Common yeah. threads. Gotcha. See, Mark. I was looking for like a horror theme. It was like twenty one. Well, they're really? all kind of horror. I'm so. But yes, the so Shining. Fucking Rogue mad Stroke I didn't get is this. from the book Shining, and I know you both can't read. <laughs> he got us. You know, no, yeah. you know Matt's Spanish. How dare you? <laughs> I know. How dare I? I did read this in Espanol. Yes, the, what's it called in? Uh, demasiado trabajo hace Jack un hombre we're cultured un, everybody un, un niño aburrido we can watch it in Spanish <laughs> subtitles and maybe I'll be less scared you know we're audio we can't put up subtitles for this mat <laughs> hmm. uh, in the description let's get on with my notes I have a lot I'm really fucking mad I yeah, got I know. this 1980 wow. honestly gang. I don't think of this as scary I, that's why I thought that's it was why. more of a 70s film I mean it's coming off of the 70s it's right there Yeah. it's a 77 novel fuck um, if you watch the new uh, Stephen King remake of The Shining, um, I watched he, the, he remade oh, it for it, television. And you said this was and getting this, a, sequel, a sequel, Doctor Sleep! Sleep. Oh. The, the Shining 2 is garbage. Doctor Sleep? 
No, oh. like the, the one from like. Um... Oh, you're talking about the. Are you talking about the TV? Yes. Yeah, we'll talk about that. That is garbage. You're correct. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyways, why this film? Second scariest film, only behind The Exorcist, in my opinion. Thank uh-huh. goodness you listened to me. Um. This movie terrified me as a child, but I eventually worked up my courage to read the King bibliography and conquered my true fears to demon clowns and scary hotels. And I still do not handle hotel hallways, uh, like a normal person. Uh, this film still truly scares me. I find the isolation, alcoholism, family dynamics, and empty hotel setting to be truly horrifying. Close-ups on Danny still give me nightmares. Uh, couldn't do a horror fest without it. And as a King and Kubrick fan, it would be a disservice for me not to choose it. Um, some notes about the film, a little bit of history. Directed by Stanley Kubrick. Screenplay by Kubrick and Diane Johnson. Cinematography by John Alcott, having worked with Kubrick on four major films. 2001 A Space Odyssey, A Clockwork Orange, this film, and Barry Lyndon, which... Come on, Barry Lyndon is amazing, but also three hours. So I mean, never. It's a period piece set in Ireland. Oh so, yeah. Oh, we need a stage show. Um, but Alcott won the Oscar for uh, Barry Lyndon instead of these movies. Uh, I mentioned Alcott not only because his work is paramount, but because this is truly a visual horror film. Mm-hmm. This is one that you watch and it's like, oh, okay, I get it. Um, unsettling, disturbing, and though it's Stephen King's sacrilege, I do like it better than the book. Even though Stephen King hates this adaptation of it, he despises. Really, he's, he's and, weird, and, and he Who likes cares? the newest adaptation of made, it. He wrote it. Well, not the newest adaptation of it. Yeah, but yes, he does. He liked it more, and I like the newer adaptation it more than the old. It. Okay, but I mean, I, I haven't read The Shining, but I'll never understand Stephen King's hate for this well, movie. This there's a lot of differences from the book. That's partly why I it guess. strays a lot from the source mm. material. Um, so Kubrick had just finished Barry Lyndon, which is an amazing Irish period piece. Um. And it's also pushing past three hours, but an incredible film. Second favorite after this film for my Kubrick canon. Uh, Lyndon, despite critical success, was not a box office hit. Um, as it was claimed to be too long and too slow, he needed to make a film that would be commercially viable as well as artistically fulfilling. Mm. Stephen King was told that Kubrick had his staff bring him stacks of horror books as he planted himself in his office and read through them all. Kubrick's secretary heard the sound of each book hitting the wall as the director flung it into the reject <laughs> pile after reading the first few pages. Mm. Finally, one day, the secretary noticed it had been a while since she had heard a, a loud thud on the wall of another writer's work being uh, biting the dust. She walked in to check on her boss and found Kubrick deeply engrossed in reading The Shining, which had then just come out. Uh, Nicholson, Nicholson, not Nicholson, mm. Nichol- Nicholas Nicholson, or whatever. Uh, Jack Nicholson, <laughs> Nick. Oh goodness, Jack Nicholson. Take away the drink. Uh, I haven't drunk. I haven't drunk. We'll get on that later. Nick <laughs> Jack was the first choice Nick for Jackson. Kubrick, who the main character of Jack Torrance. Um, other actors considered included Robert De Niro, who claims the film gave him nightmares for a month. Robin mm. Williams. Ooh. Harrison Ford. All who met with. Uh, I could see Harrison Ford. Yeah, ah, you. They were yes. like, we're not really sure about doing it, but. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I would love mm-hmm. to see Robin Williams in this film. I, I think. Well, after seeing One Hour Photo, I know he can't. He yeah. could have pulled it off. Mm-hmm. But Jack is the ideal Jack. Yeah, and we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. I love his performance in this. I'm an axe murderer. Oh, I'm an axe murderer. <laughs> the Shining had a prolonged and arduous production period, often with very long workdays. Actress Shelley Duvall, and we'll talk about Shelley oh, Duvall tonight. Shelley. That bean- oh, Aunt Shelley. Aunt, Aunt Shelley. Aunt Shelley uh, did not get along very well with Kubrick, frequently arguing with him on set about lines in the script. Her acting techniques in quotes and other numerous things. Okay. Duvall 
Paula eventually became so overwhelmed by the stress of her role that she became physically ill for months. Guests coming off of uh, that fairy tale theater, Shelley Duvall's fairy tale theater, mm-hmm. was uh, a bit of a different experience for her. Um, at one point, she was under so much stress that her hair began to fall out. The shooting script was being changed constantly, daily constantly, sometimes several times a day, adding more stress. Jack Nicholson eventually became so fr- frustrated with the ever-changing script that he would throw away copies that the production team just gave to him to memorize knowing they would change anyway only minutes later mm. um, he learned most of his lines in just minutes before filming them Nicholson was living in London with his then girlfriend Angelica Houston and her younger sister Allegra who testified to his long shooter shooting days um, Angelica Houston before we continue another hint down the line she pops up in the history of another film we're gonna watch oh. not in the film but she's tied to the history I'm like Angelica Houston what are you doing and we could have watched Adam's I, I had no idea I know, she's everywhere. Hmm. I was just interested. Um, Among the first films to use the Steadicam for tons of tracking shots and the like, um, initially panned and not so well received, but after some time and thought held as one of the greatest horror films and a hallmark of pop culture. Stephen King did not care for this adaptation. Although Kubrick made a film with memorable imagery, it was poor as an adaptation. I agree, as there's many differences from the book, but they work in their own way, and this totally works better, Mm -hmm. like with the scare factor. Um, King himself was suffering from alcoholism at the time he wrote this novel, therefore giving a strong autobiographical element to the story. Um, He was on coke and and booze, (laughs) as he was during most of his time. Um, (laughs) He has expressed disappointment that his novel's important themes, such as the disintegration of family and the dangers of alcoholism, are less prevalent, prevalent, prevalent in the film. King also viewed the casting of Nicholson as a big mistake, arguing it result in a rapid realization among audiences that Jack would ultimately go mad due to Nicholson's uh, famous identification with the character of McMurphy and One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Right. Uh, King had suggested that a more everyman-like actor such as John Voight, Christopher Reeve, or Michael Moriarty play the role um, so that Jack's subsequent descent into madness would be more unnerving. I can see John Voight as that mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Especially like if you ever watched... Uh, um, Oh boy, I'm trying to think of it. Deliverance? Yeah. Oh, bing, my, oh my bing, god. Bing, that movie is unsettling. Yeah. <laughs> I, I did think Jack Nicholson from the beginning of this film was already pretty creepy. Yeah. Um, and so I, yeah, I didn't think that much But that's that just him. He descent. has a fun backstory with his family members. Mm-hmm. Like, his, you know, might have been his own grandfather or something like that. <laughs> something. It works out weird like that. But anyways, interesting. He's his own grandpa. <laughs> yeah. In an interview with the BBC, the BBC, King also uh, criticized Shelley Duvall's performance of the film, stating, she's basically just there to scream and be stupid. And that's not the woman that I wrote about. In the film, Wendy Torrance is way smart and a little more sexy too she's got a body on her oh yeah because King likes to write about a we call it in the the King circles pound cake because he refers to sexual (laughs) tones as and then they had a slice of pound cake in quotes and it's a fun time reading King and being a King fan um King was also disappointed, a lot of disappointment, by Kubrick's decision not to film at the Stanley Hotel in Estes Park, Colorado, Colorado, which inspired the story, a decision Kubrick made since the hotel lacked sufficient snow and electricity. However, King finally supervised the 1997 television adaptation, also titled The Shining, filmed at the Stanley Hotel. That miniseries is closer to the book in many ways, but is not enjoyable at all, in my opinion. (laughs) It's CGI is horrible. The scares are not scares. Yeah. It's not scary at all. Uh, King penned a sequel novel, Dr. Sleep, in 2013, which, going by more recent King, is very enjoyable. A lot of, in my opinion, I should say, because a lot of people didn't like it. Um, I'll give you a little plot. Um, It's basically, Danny grows up, 
Mm-hmm. And he still has The Shining, and he discovers more children are being abducted around the USA by this vampire-ish... It sounds weird. Is it the man cult. in black? No, no, no. It's a vampire cult led by someone, Rose the Hat, who's like an ancient vampire S. Well, and they actual, suck. Like an actual vampire? Well, it's not really. It's like a king vampire. And they pull a witch, they pull a hocus pocus, and they suck the souls out of children who have the shinning. And Danny makes it his job to... We need to watch that, even though Horror Fest is coming quickly. Could that be our last movie, John? I have a pick. I have a pick. I have it all planned. Well, it's not... You could pick it. Yeah, you could pick it next. (gasps) When we get done in November. I can? Yeah. You'll let... When you... I give you free reign. Um, Mike Flanagan of Gerald's Game, Hush and Such, will be directing the movie. So, I'm excited. I I I really like Gerald's Game. I love Hush and Gerald's Game. Honestly, I feel like, from what you've described about Dr. Sleep, I haven't uh, haven't known anything about it (laughs) before now. I'm like a champion of Dr. Sleep, though. But it doesn't sound like a sequel at all. It doesn't. Mm -hmm. And at times, it doesn't feel like a sequel at all. But I will say... We do go to a familiar location or two from The Shining. Being that we mm. only go to one in The Shining, you can guess what shows up <laughs> later on in the novel. I feel like King, you know, he, he was very adamant about his themes being in this movie, apparently, from the book. Yeah. But from the sequel to the book, it doesn't sound like any of those themes are present. There's, mm. like, no family mention, no alcoholism. It's... Ugh. Mm. Yeah. Um, Mike Flanagan, as I said, who I love, who also has done Gerald King, another Stephen King adaptation that he did very well. So, I'm giving you kudos. Um, it's going to be released in 2020, starring Ewan McGregor and Rebecca Ferguson. Okay. Um, Ewan McGregor's main Danny. Spoilers, he lives at the end of the movie in the book, mm-hmm. if you haven't seen The Shining. <laughs> Audience, sorry, you should see The Shining. <laughs> um, and many want to know, will it take elements from the Kubrick film, or will it more resemble the book? Because they have all the rights to use all the Kubrick stuff, and it was used in uh, Ready Player 8, Ready Player 1. Yes. Why 8? Why did I say 8? I don't know. Ready Player One. They used a shiny yeah, scene. Well, you just, uh, yeah, yep. you just had a, like a, a premonition that there's going to be seven more sequels to this movie. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> um, anyways, the cast before we begin. Jack Nicholson as Jack Torrance. Shelley Duvall as Wendy Torrance. Danny Lloyd as Danny Torrance. Statman Crothers as Dick Holleran. A Statman Crothers. Yes, Barry Nelson as Stuart Ullman and uh, all the rest. No Dick Holleran. Is that Holleran. is that from the novel? Yeah. Oh, I love that. And he I shows up name. in the novel of It, too. Which I'll get to. Ooh. Stephen King and his connected universes. He loves to <laughs> loves to do that. But I, I love that name. Before we go in, any pre thoughts to the shin? Uh no, I'm 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 ready. You're ready. I'm hyped. I didn't know I was, uh, we were watching this. I was ready to. I mean, <laughs> you were ready to what? I, I was ready to shit my pants in spookiness. Oh, but you don't <laughs> find this funny, dude. I mean, scary, dude. <laughs> oh, we'll be I laughing. I find this. Oh, there's a funny part. So I have a whole comedy section there, of this. Many involve Danny. Many involve uh, what. Shelley Duvall is wearing because I will comment on that specifically. I mean, I, but this is like no, I don't think it's scary. I will say that, but it's very enjoyable, and I just love the way it's shot. Mm. Just like every scene, I feel like <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sorry if this sounds a little fucking newbie-ish or uh, uh, whatever the fuck, but every scene, it's like this is the work of an auteur. <laughs> yeah, not to. Not to dick suck Kubrick's dick, <laughs> but I love me some Kubrick you do. dick. You yeah. do. I mean, have you seen The Shining before? Yeah, you yeah, have. Yeah. Okay, I thought once you told me you did, and I was very upset with you. Oh, well, we all knew what it was no, once you get yeah. it. Well, you hit. never guessed it, did you? Well, like, come on. <laughs> I had to be vague, otherwise you'd be like, "Oh, you picked The Shining." <laughs> Gotta make you work for it. Anyways, let's begin. And after the break, why don't you stay with us, audience, or why don't you come play with us forever and ever? And ever. Never. 
boo, boo, boo. Yeah. Is, is, is that the composer? <laughs> That's my 1920s. Yeah, 1921. Voice. Uh, <laughs> random <laughs> fucking speakeasy vocals in the end. But... Which may not make sense now, but wait till we finish. Yeah, so what did we just watch? Jumping. We just watched The Shining. The Shining. Jack, Jack the Shining. Nicholson's Stanley Kubrick's The Shining. Yes. Featuring and, uh, Shelley AKA Duvall. the prelude to The Dark Tower. It's not. We'll get to that in the notes. <laughs> but um, what were we drinking? Um, as we know, Danny Torrance has a penchant for saying red rum throughout the film. So red rum. I, I provided red the, rum. Yes, I provided the easiest rum that goes down for me. Kraken rum. Um, <laughs> 90 fucking percent proof rum. It's but, a doozy. But John, oh, where's the rum gone? It's gone now. Is but, it? Um, we've got some red with the Coca-Cola we mixed for it, right? Ooh. You know, I got a, a little classy mm-hmm. with it. Um, but it's definitely fucked up, right? <laughs> I mean, it's, got, it's, it's definitely getting me there. Oh, goodness. Yep. I mean, I poured me an extra cup. Um, <laughs> did we enjoy the film? Oh, oh absolutely. Yeah. yeah? Yes. yes. Oh yeah. Yes. Okay. I mean, it's it's definitely just like a, a trip down memory lane for me. But mm. like, it's always a film I never catch at the beginning. Mm. It's usually just like once they get into the hotel, once they meet, <laughs> once they meet Dick mm-hmm. or uh, slash uh, Scatman Carruthers, which we'll go into. It. Yes. But uh, it's it's always a good time. Yeah. And for some reason, it didn't feel like two and a half. Two and a half hours for me. Maybe it was the drink that helped, you know? It could have been, but, like, we also, like, um, just for my talked sake. Talked during the whole we movie. We talked through it, but, like, we even, like, went back. We rewinded for, like, maybe a few hot seconds yeah. for the movie itself. Uh, Matt, for, for all, for God help us, I'm About sorry. five minutes, I think he fell like, asleep. Oh, I really liked it. Mm. I mean, a couple of the scenes ran long. Um, the first few times I watched it, I didn't mind. I'm not going to say I minded this time, but I did, you know, nod off. Yeah. Uh, a bit, which I think is more of an indication of like where I'm at than than the quality of the movie. But no, it's very good. I usually like the long expositional dialogue heavy scenes. Yeah, which was yeah. in the beginning, which makes sense because it's yeah. based on a novel a little bit. So, mm-hmm. you know, we had to shove that in. But yeah. I get that feeling too. Which, I wish it was a little more faster. A little, yeah. It reminded me of Windows Movie Maker just because <laughs> of how the credits rolled. For- um, should we get into my notes? My uh, cohesive notes? Go right Let's ahead. Alright, so we begin with the horns and orchestra, which always creep me out. Uh, the mm-hmm. French horns. I don't know. Uh, Matt knows I have a, a Tchaikovsky uh, phobia with Peter and the Wolf. It really creeps me out, and this does the same thing. It's that whole mood throughout this. Um, we get unsettling like music. It doesn't match up with the chipper images of like the countryside driving through, and plenty of crazy fan theories about this film. Uh, Kubrick supposedly superimposed an image of his face in the clouds what? in this opening. I don't buy it. He's I've the original seen... Disney? Yeah, I've never seen it myself, but in the uh, documentary uh, Room 237, they say, like, oh, Kubrick is here. And they circle it, and like I, it's a vague image. Um, it's one of the few King works not to take place in Maine. Mm-hmm. Instead, it's Colorado, but mm-hmm. Maine is mentioned in this film. Uh, shot mainly in Britain, with some shots filmed on location in Montana slash Oregon. Okay, just so mm-hmm. you know. Um, in the book, John slash Jack, they go by different names, uh, is 14 months on the wagon, but in the film, Jack's been sober for only five months. Uh, both are disgraced teachers looking for work. In the novel, Jack has previously harmed Danny and an ex-student, 
but seems genuinely sorry for it, and alcohol turns them extremely abusive. So, hmm. you know, alcohol hmm. with your parents. Uh, I like to say that this uh, film relates highly to my dad because my dad drinks a lot, but he's a nice drunk. So mm-hmm. it's slightly different, but that adds to my whole like horror. I think, you know, subconsciously mm. that adds to my thing. And we get to the first segment, which is the interview that flashes on screen. We yes. get a lot of segments in this, uh, this film. Mm-hmm. Uh, we meet Jack Torrance. He's interviewing at the Overlook for a position as caretaker with his family for the winter. Uh, meanwhile, back home, we meet Wendy and Danny. Waiting to hear back, and Tony lives in Danny's finger. Tony's an imaginary friend that lives in no, Danny's in his mouth. mouth. Sorry, yeah. in the book, it's his finger. I always have to correct which myself. Which I thought, for any Clerks 2 fans, which I thought it was Lister Fiend. Oh, yeah. For any, uh, of, for yeah, any of that I sake. That. Or uh, just, you know, <laughs> I thought it was just pretty comical, just for that fact. Mm-hmm. I thought thir- Clerks yeah. 2 was taking from that joke as well, where mm-hmm. it's, like, it's like Danny's mouth troll. Yeah, no. and... God bless Kevin Smith. Oh, yes. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm glad he lived through his heart attack. Kevin Smith say. Ha- has lost numerous so amounts much, of weight. Yes, yeah, so much weight like, in that like, short span. He's talked about like that which is from like Walkie's mm-hmm. Dogs or just like from like hanging out with like uh, mm-hmm. Jay Muse, who, yeah. his best friend who's known for being Jay from... Uh, throughout the rest of his film since mm-hmm. Clerks. Yeah. And uh, who's, I think, now sober. Yeah. And... Uh, you know, I, I guess they're now they've been prepping for Clerks Three, yeah. and uh, I you know just living life. That's yeah. just what it is. I appreciate him. Um, we're gonna get some Kevin Smith maybe later on in my choices. Mm-hmm. There's one film in particular that I really love. Mine too, mm-hmm. but you know, like I think you might choose before me. Anyways, uh, Danny in the book. I'm gonna get some to some book parallels differences. Danny in the book is a five year old who acts, talks, and thinks like a thirty year old. Uh, he is totally not a five-year-old in the book. Oh, he no. has like full sentences, like this isn't a wise decision for me to w- make, and he talks like that, like a third-year-old. But is that just like an error on Stephen no, King's part? No, Stephen King planned that. He wanted to him hmm. seem more like a thirty-year-old. Um, in the film, it's a seven throughout. Danny acts seven, speaks oh, seven. I, I've read many of Stephen King. Well, not many, but like enough to <laughs> not know as where much it's like, as maybe. Or like a five-year-old, or somewhere within that age gap, doesn't act yeah. like a adolescent yeah. or five-year-old. Mm-hmm. Like maybe, maybe it's uh, at least I think when when um, Georgie meets it in the sewer. Yeah, that's the closest I would imagine, just because. Georgie's very naive and young, mm-hmm. but um, in terms of like maybe Dreamcatcher, or maybe just you in this Dreamcatcher. I lo- I I really like Dreamcatcher. I'm sorry, <laughs> Mr. Gray, go away. But uh, <laughs> anything like within that age gap, uh, just like, Stephen King adds a layer to that. Yeah, where it's like yeah, like they're they're older, they're a little bit more uh, of a adolescent, I guess, mm-hmm. and they think more of themselves. But, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's more I have to yeah. add to that as well. Yeah, Danny's imaginary friend Tony is only seen by him and gets closer and closer as the story unfolds in the book. But in the film, Tony isn't seen at all, and Danny uses his little finger to identify his pal. Uh, mm. super, weird, super weird, but uh, Tony is essentially a future version of Danny in the book. He's speaking to his future self, really? which is known as Tony. Okay. Uh, that ties into a little bit more of Dr. Sleep later on. Huh. And it's like his future self is giving him a warning. Like, don't go to the hotel. We're going to get so, uh, can, like, messed can, up. Like, can, things are going to get fucked up there. Can, can I ask when Dr. Sleep came out? 2013, 
I want to say. So, I mentioned it earlier. So it wasn't was... initially planned, maybe. No, but we never know Stephen King. He uh, could have yeah. had it planned already. It was the Coke that did it in there. When did know? the first Dark Tower book come out? I don't care, Mark. I don't <laughs> well, care you read Tower. it. I know you have. I read the Dark Tower so long ago. Or what about the graphic novel? I don't know. What's I don't a, know. I'm not a dark... I'm not a Stephen King historian. But yes, you are. You've I've talked about that many times with I don't my know first appearance years. on this podcast. <laughs> I don't know the exact year. It would be wrong for me not to focus on Shelley Duvall's fashion brilliance I, I, in the film. I, I wrote down here, which you have mentioned, where mm-hmm. it's like, for me, she's going for a very... Uh, raggedy Ann. Raggedy Ann approach yes. here. Yes, I have whole segments devoted to Shelley Duvall's fashion, mm-hmm. uh, who's playing playing Wendy Torrance. Um, I once uh, made popular this whole segment drunk on Snapchat. I went through the whole movie, and I said, Shelley Duvall outfit, number one, number two, number three. And I detailed the whole thing, and it was very successful. Um, because what she wears throughout the film is astonishing, even for the 70s, and I find it so damn funny, because all I see is uh, Shelley Duvall's fairy tale theater and olive oil. Uh, the Robin Williams Popeye movie. Hell, Popeye, save yeah. me! <laughs> yes, anyways, in these opening scenes, Shelly is serving primary color, homeless, raggedy Ann realness. Yes. In this red thermal union suit with a blue gingham disaster over it. She's reading The Catcher in the Rye while smoking a cigarette and drinking coffee. Wendy is a looker in the book. Think blonde bombshell, not olive oil. Which I like her better in this film as she's depicted yeah? more than she's depicted in the book. I, I, did you ever read the book? I never read the book, but well, I think don't I, judge. I think it's better depicted of how she's represented here yeah. than how she is in the book. Just because of how critical that um, Jack's character is of her mm-hmm. uh, later on in the film, where that he he stumbles into room two three uh, <laughs> two three seven. Okay, good, you remembered it. So okay. I, I yeah. that. that that's just my take on it. Mm. And, we'll and I know Matt is an avid champion of Shelley Duvall throughout this oh, film. Oh, I really like the way she looks here. Yeah. Just like that constant, those beads of sweat <laughs> all over her. It's She's just, really ham-fisting wow. the acting. I, I love it. Oh, yeah? I'm all about it. Mm. It's almost like he settled for less in some regard. Yeah, I got and, that too. Because I'm just more speaking for the character in, in itself. Not for what King depicted of what he thought Wendy uh, look like mm. so I think the film spoke more to like what he was going for yeah um, mm. Jack is a writer in both book and film but he clings to his remaining sanity with a play he's writing in the novel but once he's in the hotel thralls uh, he insists he writes uh, it's history instead in the book so he goes he shows up at the hotel he's like I'm writing a play but the hotel is like you know what write our history for us instead and there's mm. all these documents in the basement that he goes and visits and he goes, you know what, the hotel was like a murder point for gangsters, which is a big Stephen King thing where all the gangsters murder each other. Uh, a lot of Indian burial ground stuff uh, telling the history of the hotel instead. Sounds like yeah. a big bully to me. I mean, it's Stephen King. <laughs> he relies on those tropes. That's pretty um, interesting. You get none of that in this movie. None way- of that. Cooper hmm. cut that. It was the only way Rick Moranis could sell one of his books just describing where it's like, yeah, one, one, my character just, you know. <laughs> there was there there were woke on in Indian barrel grounds if you know and then that's when Tom Arnold just walks walks into the picture yeah um, we learned that the season for the hotel is late November to early May which is a good five and a half months which is ridiculous would you because fuck no I wouldn't no um, 
Yeah, I'm just asking. It, it Won't you do this? Like, caretake the hotel, Matt? I don't really understand why it has to be open at this point. Like, why because could it... someone needs to run the boiler. That's, like, the big thing. But then yeah. why couldn't it be open with everybody else still in the hotel? I mean, all the lights because are still there. It's fucking haunted. That's Every, why. Everything is yeah. still powered. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I still have, like, written under, like, I guess, like, what the movie has in, in terms of, like, chapters mm-hmm. like I, I never read the book so I'm not sure if like that's how the how it's no, structured it's structured by chapters all right book. so I have written under the interview where it's like you know where it goes like you know like Charles Grady who was like the last I guess like mm-hmm. caretaker yeah for the he facility. had two daughters was the caretaker Has killed wife, his family butchered them with a machete yes. and then like shot his brains out with, yeah. them with a shotgun mm-hmm. And uh, where it's like, and it's like, oh, okay. Where uh, Jack's like, okay, I'll take it. Yeah. But it's like, there's no context. It's like why he's taking this position. Where it's like, it's like, yeah, I was a school teacher, but it's like you lead, you are led into another events. Why he's taking this position? Because yeah. he's out of work. He's a drunk. He hit his child. He might have hit a student. He did hit a student in the book. He broke a student's arm in the the book, book. but like not the film itself. So it's not it's not addressed there, but it's it's more of him being desperate for work to keep his family like just a little bit more stable or Mm. financially stable Mm -hmm. for that sense. So I guess that's more why he's taking this position. Yeah, I don't know though. I think there are so many ways to keep your family financially stable that isn't like. Well, reliant picture, on his art. You're a desperate teacher, and you're like, "What yeah. can I do, possibly, with a teacher?" He could have been like a janitor for, or a chef mm, or whatever. For him, you gotta like, get an official degree to be a janitor. For him, check for him, for him, mm. for him to take like a what, like three, four month position. Yeah, being like five and a half months held up in the yeah. cold. Yeah, and saying, "You know what? I'll write a book, and maybe I'll make some money off of this." Mm-hmm. Uh, him being a little bit more frustrated, maybe uh, writer's block, block. Mm-hmm. Uh, in that sense. But the thing is, King writes so many protagonists in the realm of writer perspectives. Yeah. And I just keep seeing King in, in a psychological sense where it's like he just wants to murder anybody around him. Well, we have to remember this is autobiographical. He felt himself as Jack because he definitely injured his children in the past. He mentions that, like, I I might have hit my children a little too hard in the past because I was dealing with all those drugs and alcoholism at the same time. So he's like, you know, I feel myself and Jack the character, and those are issues I was dealing with. That's fucked up. Yeah. I think, uh, I don't know, I just don't like Jack at all. I think he's like an emblem of... I like him at some points. Like, no, he's I, funny I at think, some points. Well, he's funny, but I think he's like an emblem of toxic masculinity. He's just, like, yeah. determined to make this creative side of him work when it's like, you have you don't deserve it at all. Like, I, first you should provide for your family and then, like, worry about the creative stuff mm, that might make you money. I'm but with, isn't a guarantee. I'm with Matt on this part where it's like, like, at first, like, a lot of us know who Jack Nicholson as, is at this point, but, like, from your first point, when you first get to know him, you, there's something very skeevy about him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you just yeah. don't want to trust him. You just... There's nothing really to really like yeah. about him. He's he's more... You could sense that he's playing a role here in, mm-hmm. in this first interview that he's giving for... um, what, What's his name? Uh, Neil McNell? Or... um. <laughs> The character or who, who Grady? Um, no, not Grady. Okay, but, uh, no, like the guy who runs the hotel. Yes, oh, I, um, I didn't catch the name. I have it somewhere in here. Keep talking. 
I'll find it. But uh, but he he's giving a generalization of like what you should or should omen omen yeah what you should or shouldn't say within a interview mm. for someone who doesn't really know of like what your work is or, yeah. or um or what you've done in the past and just someone who just needs to run this facility while it's not being facilitated to someone else outside of just like a i guess a professionalism i guess mm-hmm. because just because like the the weather conditions yeah that it's presented because it's like it's like we need to, we need to close this down mm-hmm. because uh it colorado gets crazy with the weather yeah. and no one wants to stay here because like you know the last people that were here that this guy shot his family and then <laughs> shot himself because of how isolated he was from everybody else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's what they pretty much boiled it down to. Mm-hmm. I'm going to stop you there because uh, there's no famous Grady twins in the book. Okay. The twins do huh. not exist in the book, but wow. the murders were a thing. They call them the Grady murders. And they say, like, you know, this man murdered his twin daughters. But the twins are not present at all in the book. Okay. It's just something interesting that Kubrick picked up. I mean, it does add effect to it. Yeah. Um, it's very creepy. It is, and it adds to the movie. It's oh, iconic yeah. because I know I like I hate that word, and you have to mention where I no, you say iconic. This, the in word in this instance, definitely. But it is like you know the thing that people remember about this movie: the Grady twins come oh, play yeah. with us, Danny. Yeah, and it adds to it. Yeah. Uh, Tony tells Danny, who's the imaginary person who lives in his mouth. Yeah, uh, Jack got the job. Tony doesn't want to go. Danny receives horrific visions of bloody elevator, which I like to dub as the bloody elevator. <laughs> which I didn't really want until, like, it, it presented itself yeah, to Yeah, it, well, we'll get to how it's different in the book a little bit, and I think it works a lot better in the movie because it signifies, like, oh, there's a bloodbath at this hotel, we should not go. Mm. But yeah. at the same time, they go. Um, in the book, it's more hedges, topiary animals, a hose pipe, and an elevator come alive... It's really weird. Well, I don't know uh, if I like that at all. Uh, there's like a fire extinguisher that comes to life and chases Daddy down the halls instead. Don't like that. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a little bit weird. But uh, the bloody elevator is specific to the film. And the maze is definitely specific to the film. The maze doesn't exist in the book at all. I think it works yeah. really well, mm-hmm. honestly. I mean, yes. And Oof. Red Rum appears to Danny really early in the book. We get really? the We get the, the phrase Red Rum, but we never know what it means. Until we spell it backwards later on when we see it in the mirror. So it means something different. Danny just keeps going red rum, red rum, red rum. And that's and probably a lot more effective in the movie because once you see the letters spelled out, I think it just like, kind of spoils yeah, I, it. I was always questioning why just say it, then then say it backwards, then, <laughs> then say it. But for, it's for, this for, weird for, for Stephen King thing that he wants to build suspense with. You know, red rum. It's I, an interesting phrase. I understand that, but yeah. like for, for the sake of the... For for sense itself, <laughs> yeah, doesn't make quite a sense, but for the viewer, he was on coke. I can't. I, can't <laughs> I, mean, to you. I get that, but it's it's questionable. <laughs> yes, for for a lot of reasons. Yeah, yeah. and but, I uh, mean, even once you do figure out what it does mean, it doesn't really have an impact. It doesn't make any difference. It's like okay, we already know Jack has kind of gone crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, what more is there to say about this? Yeah, we like, know okay, Jack murder. Is- sure. We know Jack is crazy almost like right off the bat. Which is what Kubrick and Stephen King mentioned. Like, we know that Nicholson is playing a crazy character. Yeah. Why he didn't want him to play the lead role. Can I ask, when did... 
One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest come out? It was a few years before this. Okay. Yeah. Right, it was fine. definitely before this because that's why Cougar casted Nicholson because yeah. he wanted this role. But it it makes a lot of sense yeah. because like the world according to Garp came out yes. a little bit before that, yeah. and like I can understand the casting. Maybe Robert Robert Williams for this role, mm-hmm. so um, uh, it makes a little bit more sense, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I would love to see John Voight maybe in this mm. role as well. Yeah. But I think Jack Nicholson really fits it, though. Absolutely, oh, yeah. he he definitely inhabits the character because I th- I describe it as a cartoon character or a Looney Tunes character throughout the film mm-hmm. because that's what he becomes. I said over easy. <laughs> yeah, and uh, before we even get to the hotel, Danny faints, and when he calls a doctor, the doctor is hinting that Tony coincides with abuse, and Wendy speaks over it. She's like, you know, well, you know, my husband hit him once, but yeah, nothing really happened. And who hasn't touched... He hasn't touched uh, alcohol since. Mm-hmm. So we get this whole, like, alcoholism thing. Which I like that that was still in the film. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we get to closing day. The first title. We're just getting to the first title. Uh, the family drives to the Overlook and we get some totally unsettling uh, Donner Party conversation. Oh, yeah. yeah. Which yeah. I, I sort of glossed over. Yeah. So if you can... Well, the Donner bit. Party was this uh, party of settlers that went out to the Midwest. Yeah. And it was too cold, so they all started eating each other to survive. Yeah, cannibals. Yeah, cannibals. And Tony's like, you know, I... Not Tony. Danny is like, we heard about this on TV. I'm good. I'm desensitized to the whole thing. And everyone yeah. laughs about it. Or it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, you, you see, Mother? Mm-hmm. He learned it on TV. Yeah. yeah. And which adds to the cartoon character Looney Tunes-esque. I always get Looney Tunes vibe from Jack Nicholson. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's a Bugs Bunny, and he mentions that because he's called Doc, you know, Bugs True. Bunny, I'm not going to kill you. And my dad really loves Looney Tunes, so I get, like, this added, like, mm. layers to me. He's a, like, he, he's a Hanna-Barbera person. Yes. Um, Shelly Duvall is wearing this brilliant brown ensemble with a hanging white turtleneck, mm-hmm. a ship brown blazer, Beige gingham dress and matching corsage brooch. Truly an icon in fashion. I have to write down. Uh, devoting to my Snapchat series on Shelley Duvall's fashion in this movie. Uh, we get tons of Native Ameri- uh, American imagery in this film. Navajo and Apache. Yes. Um, there's many theories on this film about white oppressors. Danny meets the Grady gals just chilling, playing darts. And fuck mm-hmm. nah, at this point, I'd be out already. <laughs> well, as soon as I meet Well, them. like, they're there and then they're, they're gone. They yeah, but I'd out. be... If I saw these creepy twins in these gingham blue dresses, I'd be out the well, door. Well, like, oh, they, yeah. they, Danny doesn't know, like, they... They would be there, like, or it's like they they would be like, yeah, people, because or ghosts. They, you mean? I know what you mean. Yes. Yeah, I get it. Mm-hmm. Danny realizes that you know they're they might be normal people. He doesn't understand the shining, but he does give mm-hmm. that quick look over and we get that pan to Danny, like just staring at them, like what the fuck is this? Because mm. like we as the viewer don't fully know like what that means as well as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that. Um, we get introduced to the hedge maze. Which isn't in the book. Mm-hmm. And it's really fuck off. People are going to die in this thing. Like, oh, yeah. there's a hedge maze on campus or whatever on the hotel grounds. Like, no, I'm not going in there. <laughs> I'd be out of this whatever. Overlook is built in 1907. But uh, finished in 1909. Yes, but it's built on an Indian burial ground. Which yes. we learned from Poltergeist is not a thing you do. Yeah. Don't do that shit. You move the headstones. But not the bodies, Tangia. <laughs> What's uh, happening? Oh, my God. Poltergeist was a near miss on this uh, spooktacular. 
Uh, we get the snowcat, one of the major characters, and it's like, oh, it's a car we use when it snows. It yeah. allows you to travel. But there's like, two oh, separate great. ones. Uh, we learned that there's no booze on the premises, yeah. which drives or, Jack or, crazy. Jack's like, we don't, we're not a family who drinks. Yeah, and we meet Dick Holloran, played by Scatman Crothers. Oh, Scatman Crothers from Transformers fame, yeah. John. I think he what? does a really good job in this role. First of all, I, I only know John. Scat McCrothers from either this film Jazz. or or from uh, the character Jazz from Jazz. the original Transformers. He died cartoon. so he's the only one who like died though. Which I, I know. Well, no, no, like uh, he he survived the Transformers film starring Orson Welles. <laughs> his ra- his last uh, on film role wow. as Unicron. Wow, that's great. Oh, I know. Uh, well, it's terrible for Orson Welles. I, well, Orson Welles is a national treasure. He is. Yeah. But anyways, uh, no booze for Jack. We meet Dick Holloran, played by Skyman Crothers, who we talked about, and he takes Wendy and Danny on tour of the huge kitchen freezers and such. And this is the point where I'm like, okay, I'll sign up for this. How'd you like some ice cream? Well, he's got doc? all these foods. He's got like turkeys, oh, yeah. chickens, steaks. They're, they're stocked. Yeah. But they're all frozen. Well, I'm not going to thaw them. You gotta defrost them. them. Yeah. What are you talking about? Have so you ever made work. a household chicken yeah. for, for Thanksgiving, Matt, Matt? Have you ever cooked before? Are That's you American? Work. Can I see your green card? I just went to McDonald's. Oh. <laughs> they don't got a McDonald's. Also, Popeye's has a banging Thanksgiving Fast turkey. Just food letting nation. you know. For the upcoming thir- uh, Thanksgiving, uh, the November and December, you know they offered that shit for like oh, a month. Man. Where's uh, that Szechuan sauce? <laughs> well, Dick figures out that Danny has what he calls the Shining, <gasps> and he communicates through their minds and some other supernatural powers. Wait a minute, uh, Earth fourteen oh eight. Don't Ooh. mention that movie. Um, <laughs> there's unsettling whistles and screeches during these scenes that really upset me. It's just like if this man talked to me in my mind, I'd be out. I wouldn't be in this hotel at all. Mm. Even as a young seven-year-old or whatever. Oh, yeah. Uh, I like the whole score. I really like the... Um, it reminded me of 2001 a lot with you, when you well, hear the... Same director, uh, so... I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when you hear, like, the voices kind of undulating and uh, the chanting and, and stuff whatever, like that. Yeah, it gets it, it kind of makes me feel like, you know, there's a lot of presence in this hotel that's kind of unseen. That's yeah. just below the surface. All right. We have to get to the scene. Kubrick shot this close-up on Scatman a whopping 150 times. Oh, Lord. He must have had some obsessive-compulsive camera disease causing Scatman to get genuinely fatigued and almost in tears before Kubrick finally realized he was being cruel. Just the tip of the iceberg for being Kubrick. I think I have the the direct quote here. How'd you like some ice cream, Doc? Scatman, he lasted 150 takes. And I'm he, a scat man. Like, what are you looking for in 150 takes, though? Like that is insane. Can, can we discuss Scatman? Like what? Yeah, what? What is Scatman really like known for besides oh, what? I don't what, even know. what? He was what, a singer, right? I believe so. Yeah. Or like a jazz singer. Yeah. Because first of all, Scatman, when he's introduced in this film. He's very natural mm-hmm. with like his takes and like what he's discussing because like I was at rehearsal today with um 1776 and I say yes but um one one of our actors brought in uh I believe uh one of his uh uh his uh sister and uh the the actor playing uh um Dr. Franklin or uh, uh you know Benjamin Franklin Benjamin Franklin yes uh was you know just talking to her very naturally, just like in a very like nice studious voice, yeah. and it 
that's what the I I sense that same knack finding with uh uh Scatman Carruthers here and because it, it would it just felt very natural and then like the scenes that involved Scatman like discussing like what the shining was or like going into that just felt like very like loosely and very uh, uh free fall yeah, uh, yeah. To, to that extent he does feel naturalistic but at the same time you have to remember Scatman is like not feeling Kubrick's direction oh yeah hmm. like no, no one every well, I mean everyone except maybe <laughs> Jack Jack is there for the whole movie because he's a yeah. star character little but, pigs little pigs like uh, Kubrick ate him up Oh yeah, everything he would say, I feel. But at the same time, 150 like, takes—that's ridiculous. I, I can show the scene, and the scene we noticed was like 16 minutes long. Like, there's no cuts in the middle of the scene. He just does the whole take with this kid, and it's like, what are you looking for? I can show you some interviews when it when it uh, goes with the uh, uh, Clockwork Orange with mm-hmm. the actor that, that portrayed that. Alex, yeah. Oh my God! Mm-hmm. Like he he goes into just Matt. Have depth. you ever seen Clockwork? Yeah. Okay. Just I don't. Th- I don't know if I've seen all of it though. Oh, but like I showed that film to a few people and they were very upset with it. And I'm like, do you even know what art is? Like, wow. like, come on. <laughs> the lead actor, uh, I forget his name. Oh my god, he's, I know he, it's Alex in he, the film. He, he, he's yeah. in many things. You can yeah. recognize him. Hmm. But uh, what he talks about with, with with Kubrick, where it's like he's very he's a very disorganized, organized person. Where yeah. like he knows exactly what he wants, but he it's so in arguous and what what he wants out of that scene yeah but uh he's so specific which is lends himself to like as a director you know which i wanted to see what he wanted to really do with uh oh you have to see barry and then with ai you ever you watch uh artificial ai yeah because uh spielberg took over like like what Mm -hmm. was left of that because cooper passed away Mm -hmm. during the production of that film but uh i want to see what was really going on behind the scenes of like what he really yeah Intended yeah. for like that movie itself. Maybe mm. Barry Lyndon will be a future watch on this, mm. even though it's three hours long. Yeah. Uh, um, we learned that the bad room in the hotel, the Overlook, is uh, two seventeen, but in the book it's two thirty seven. Yes. Or did I switch that up? Right. It's two thirty seven th- in, in the movie. In the movie, in two seventeen in the book. Sorry about my notes. That's um, weird. Why would they change that? Though that change was down to the hotel owners who didn't want guests to be too scra- scared to stay in their hotel after the film came out. So oh. they said, like, 237 is a less common do, room. Do we have a definitive, like, what hotel was used for this movie? Yeah, we said the Stanley Hotel was what um, what Stephen King wanted to use. Okay. But I know this hotel also exists in Colorado. Okay. But I don't remember the exact name. It might be in my notes a little later. But uh, Stephen King wanted to use the exact Stanley Hotel Okay. instead. Um, and Dick says, you know, stay out of that room, little child. Don't like, go in there. Yeah, you have no business being... Mm. But like, don't do it. We got the like, shine and don't do it. But we never seem like why he asked, like, why that room, though? Be- I don't, because... Because it, okay. it obviously has something to do with Tony. Let so, me explain. All right. <laughs> in the book. So, the Dark Tower the sh- series. No, no, no. Don't mention the Dark Tower. Don't worry. Oh, <laughs> come on. It has something... It has, no. Obviously. In the book, shit goes down in that room. People die. Mobsters have death in that room. Old ladies die in that room over a lost love. But the hotel, the whole hotel, people die. But that die. room, 
people are dying especially hard. The whole <laughs> hotel. Uh, yes, yes, but we'll get to that. The whole hotel is on like an Indian burial ground. People have died. Everything's happened. You move the headstones! <laughs> but not the bodies. Yes, we get to that. Tangria! I feel like the foreshadowing in this film was too much, by the way. If you're saying, uh, I don't know, just... You know, don't go into room 237. I know, it's you simple actually, information, right? Do you actually think, like, Dick there. might have caused all of this yeah, by saying don't go in there? Like, yeah, I mean, just didn't mention it. I'm pretty it. sure it was 30 seconds to Mars. Yeah, true. <laughs> uh, anyway, we get the first transition to a month later. We're at one month at the hotel. We get a cold cut to Wendy preparing breakfast in a powder blue and yellow gingham bathrobe, Ooh. which is iconic. Yes, I use that word again. Uh, <laughs> constantly notice it. Uh, Danny is riding his big wheel uh, with the steady cam following, and it's very unsettling. Oh, yes. You get like this uh, build up to the scene. It's not going to happen yet, but it's like, why are you right. doing this, kid? Don't do this in the hotel. But, but mm-hmm. we're teased up until this point, too. Yeah. Because always when I watch this film, I'm like, oh, is this the scene now? And it's yes. like, no, it's the next one. Um, Jack is oversleeping. And it's like a warped family dynamic acting in scene as an or intentional. Jack has written anything like hasn't written anything yet. Mm-hmm. He's been sleeping till eleven thirty, and he's like, you know, I'll get on that. Jack um, is sat on a typewriter, but instead of playing, uh, like you know, he's playing wall ball instead of writing at the typewriter. And I just put down. Yeah. I really like because you see the pan up from the typewriter yes, with this yes. like weird loud noise, and yes. you have no clue what it is. Until and I it put happens. white trash. You're gonna get dent the wall instead of like you know writing your like. That's white trash. Why are you? Oh yeah. It's a hotel. Why yeah. are you doing that? Mm. Um, Wendy's in some Tims and some blue jeans and a blue gingham work shirt, red ascot, and puffy <laughs> red coat. I took detailed notes on oh, outfits, yeah. and it's just it's beautiful. Um, she takes Danny into the maze. Not easy going, but they quickly get turned around just to add to this maze. In the book, it's uh, topiary animals that come to life. Topiary? You know, like cut animals, like Beetlejuice. Think of like him cutting the animals, you know, like the dinosaurs. Have you ever seen Beetlejuice? Of course I've seen Beetlejuice. You know, topiary animals. I I never know that term. Oh gosh, I have to teach you so much on this podcast. Topiary is like cutting into specific shapes, the hedges. Um, that, that's supposed to be scary. Well, in Stephen <laughs> so, King's terms, it's supposed to be so, scary. So, okay. so Matt is just oblivious to. I get that. I get more. it's scarier with the maze in my mind too, because Matt, it's isolation. Like no one can find you in the maze. Listeners, if you if you're not aware, Matt is a Kendarian demon. Yeah, <laughs> I I agree. But in, in the book, it's topiary animals like a bunny or a lion comes to life and chases Danny instead. Sorry, cool. are you more speaking of like one like you know Alec Baldwin in like uh. What's her name? Uh, Gina Davis stretched her faces out and like. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but it, you can watch the new Stephen King adaptation of The Shining, and it's not scary. He uses the topiary animals instead. Mm. Okay. Which doesn't work as well, in my opinion. Right. Uh, we get a flash forward to Tuesday, where Wendy is in a purple Alexander McQueen fucking poofy soldier uh, shoulder monstrosity. Get it, Crayon girl. red boots with yeah. a Beetlejuice-inspired apron, making fruit in the kitchen. You know, Ooh. like cutting them out of the <laughs> the the cans. Danny passes by room two thirty-seven. Approaches the door, but does not go in after seeing a flash of the Grady twins. He's like, "Oh shit, I better get out of here." Mm. <laughs> Which I wish he learned more. Uh, Jack is typing alone in the lobby. Totally not creepy. Uh, Jack is already ticked off for being bothered by Wendy. 
Why don't you get the fuck out of here? Mm-hmm. Oh, and I get Ugh. that. I get that so bad. Like when I'm writing, I don't want to be bothered either. Yeah, but well, it's I, the I alcoholism mean. lending it to that. What do hotel. you mean, Matt and Mark are gonna be here? Tonight? I know, right? What do you mean I gotta write a script that they're not gonna care about, ladies and gentlemen? <laughs> uh, we get some solid Jack Nicholson vibes with "You're distracting me. I'm on edge." Mm. And it's it a lot like a, it's a lot like Mother, yeah, actually. It is. Yeah, Mother. Is underrated. I really, you know, I hated I get, Mother when it first came out, but now same. I love to laugh at Mother. I've yet to see Mother. Oh, God. But I just know, like, what that movie entails. <laughs> All just, you have to remember is there's there's a sink that they sit on, and it comes right out of the wall. I, just, I laugh every I, time. I just know it has, like, you know, like, Bible undertones. So like, oh, I, yeah. I don't, oh. Care. I don't care to watch this movie. I do not like Jennifer Lawrence. But, but because of our I Netflix like, I do like J-Lo. Why? She, Why? What does she do? She's a cool. heart in a mitten. You don't like. I think she's a fine actress. You don't like uh, Silver, li- S- Silver Linings Pill. Yeah, but that's the only thing. But still, I like that movie. This poor, unfortunate soul. But, uh, no, it's all about <laughs> let me get my work done. Uh, Trying to do my work. Fo- you're not a football fan. I'm not. I'm not at all. Uh, we get a flash forward to Thursday. Another uh, another highlight where Wendy and Danny play in the snow, which is already engulfing the hotel as Jack stares blankly mm. from inside. Uh, yeah, that shit's creepy. Beautiful scene where you, he's just staring. You're gonna tell me to invite me out to for, for some from 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 snow time because I'm writing my novel. But it's like you know a classic Vine scene nowadays. Oh yeah, and we get a flash forward to Saturday again. And Shally is wearing a fucking lemon yellow Native American poncho with cactus and teepee embroidered on it and a Burberry scarf while smoking indoors as he tries to get the telephone connection. Yeah, teepee girl. Yes. Cigarettes. I move move the cable to this outlet here. Could you please send somebody out here to... To uh, help me, please. As oh, Mark God. demonstrated, we get some communication with the police, and the telephone lines are down, suggesting they leave the radio on. I swear to God, there was a demon that walked by me yesterday. I just can't believe what Shelley Duvall is wearing. Like, they all have like four outfits in this movie. First of all, you're 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 inhabiting your your inner Joan, Joan Rivers yeah, here. Yeah, well, I need to. <laughs> because for me, uh, Sherry Duvall is just crazy. Sherry Duvall. Sherry Duvall. Sherry, Sherry Duvall. Ram is going to come up any second. She, she, like, yeah, this is the song that never ends. Oh, God. She is just oblivious to, like, all the craziness that's happening here yeah. in this hotel, and she's blaming everything that's on Jack right yeah. now. Well, it makes sense, Yeah, though. I think she knows she's him. She's sane, she even knows him she's too not well. the best actress. She knows him too well. She knows what he's like. Yeah, and she tries to cover up for him, which I appreciate. Like, Shelly Duvall, I agree with Matt on some Because she's in a toxic relationship. Yeah, but in the book, she lets it slide a little more. Mm. She's like, you know, Jack has been through a lot. There's this whole bee nest scene where they discover bees and Danny sleeps like, oh, I want to sleep at the bee nest in my room. But bees come out of it at night. And everyone gets upset. Like, they get upset at Jack. Like, you caused this. And I'm like, what happened? Killing me won't 
All Bring right, your goddamn honey! I, I know, the book is weird. Let me tell you, I've read it a couple times. <laughs> Stephen um, King's just weird. Yeah, Aunt Coke. Coke will do that to you. Not Coca-Cola, of course. S- our drink of the night. Smoke Coke over every day. Over <laughs> every day. Over day. Over um, day. Cut to Danny and that scene. We get the come play with us scene. Mm. Oh. And I'm like, bitch, no. I think I, we... No. Do we know what's happening with those twins The nowadays? Grady twins? Yes. They're not in the book. They've just been slaughtered by their father, okay. Mr. Grady, mm. uh, by an axe. And, you know, they're just there to that, warn That Danny. scene isn't at all in the movie? Or the in book? In the book, no. The Grady twins aren't mentioned in the book. Oh, my God. They, they, what was King thinking? This was, like, awesome, like, atmosphere here. Taking That's up with true. King. He had, uh, he had another woman coming out of the 237 or 217 going, Let's dance the Tarantella! I swear that's in the book. I always wanted a Viking funeral, <laughs> like John Lithgow. We get a dollhouse scene with like, dance the Tarantella, Nora, and that's supposed to be scary. We get a fire hose chasing Danny through the hallways. Come on. Oh, boy. Because uh, Stephen King, if I don't mention this in the notes, had a dream about his son being traced by a, a fire hose in the ho- hotel hallway. Can, can so I, can obviously I, that was gold. I'm, I don't know. I don't know if I bring, brung this up earlier, but like Stephen King, for the sake of everything... Uh, horror for itself, where it's like I, for me, I hate what's never explained. Yeah, because when it comes to Japanese films, oh <laughs> my, these Japanese oh, films. Oh my god, I'm frightened to death because Stephen King wrote a short story. I believe it was him about a thumb that stuck out of uh, a character's like sink. Yeah, that he it completely ignored. But it kept growing. It sounds like him. Uh, uh, throughout the course of, like, I guess the week that this character, like, explored it. It's a short story. You could, yeah. like, you could, you could find it. Yeah. And uh, so one day, this character decides, like, I'm going to cut this uh, this thumb out of out of the sink. Or it's like, because yeah. he looked under, like, the sink where it's, like, the, the garbage disposal. Nothing, like, underneath it. Cuts the thumb uh, apart. The thumb comes to life. Chases him around his house, yeah, grows like larger and larger, yeah. until this guy decides to close the door behind him in front of his front house, does not go back inside of his house, mm-hmm. and that's it. That's yeah. that's the story. Yeah, it because- reminds me of the novella, novella where like there's one where um, our, uh, eyes grow on people's hands. Yeah. Like mm. they come out and mm-hmm. they can see the future. And they didn't think about, like, killing themselves because they could see everything. I forget what it's called. It's like they come at night or, like, you know, the, something. I, I'm too drunk to remember, audience. The, but. the scariest thing is what we don't understand. Yeah. And that's what frightens me. Yeah, of course. Because uh, I remember watching Dark Water, the Japanese <laughs> version of, not starring Jennifer Connelly. <laughs> who we've discussed previously but on this podcast. Jennifer, uh, Jennifer Connelly. Jennifer Connelly. Oh, my God. Jennifer for. For all intents and purposes, Jennifer Connelly is not a very great actress. Uh, we have to watch Phenomena on this podcast. Uh, but like, the Japanese version of that scared the shit out of me. Anyways, this uh, whole Shining twin Grady scene traumatized me as an adult. Mm. I still get nightmares about it. I can't I, go down like hotel hallways. Um, <laughs> I do like the patented uh, Kubrick pan where yes, it pans like, the from the pans ball. Are yes, everything in this the movie. ball rolling but into John, the frame. Uh, and then... John, you've always been here. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, we get a jump cut to Mangled Bodies and Danley's silent scream, which Oof. always fucks me up. Yep. And it's just like pictures in a book. Like, if you turn the page, you'll get like a, a silent scream, which is like... Turn the page. Don't. Wash your hands. 
Turn the page. God. Wash your Jump hands. down, turn around, pick a bale of cotton, as we like to say in our uh, I mean, magnet family. I was going for a rock modern life oh, reference. Yeah, from, we uh, do. Yeah, that's from like Ghosts or something with Whoopi Goldberg. Oh my Goldberg, god, I forgot about Whoopi that. Whoopi Goldberg goes, jump down, turn around, pick, pick a, a bale of cotton. cotton. Yeah. Jump down, turn, turn around, around, pick a bale of hay. Yes, oh my lordy, <laughs> pick a bale of cotton. Oh god, was that racist? I'm sorry, audience. Never mind. Me. <laughs> I, for me, I was going for a rock modern life reference, but okay. Which is apparently getting a remake. It is. Yeah, I heard that. Um, I, don't we get to Monday. I don't think it was offensive. I think it was more of, of an homage. Homage, yeah. <laughs> you get to Monday where Wendy and Danny are watching TV. Yeah. Wendy says, don't wake daddy. Don't you wake daddy. Don't wake daddy. And Danny goes to the room only to find Jack uncomfortably staring at the wall. Yes. Which is the most traumatic thing. Yes. Like, imagine walking in and your dad is just staring at the wall. Like, I mean, that, that's... Horrible. I've known dogs to do that all the time. So. Yeah, but it's a dog. <laughs> I know dogs. Dad. Men are just dogs. Oh, but we get this casual father-son conversation where Jack hasn't been sleeping. Jack wants Danny to like it here and wishes they could stay forever and ever, which we just heard the Grady Quinn oh, yeah. repeat. Oh, yes. And you would never hurt mommy and me, would you? Which is so real. I've heard my dad say that to me before, and I'm like, oh shit, gotta get out of here, because my dad loves this that's, movie. That's and why he you, loves to quote this movie to me. That's why you live Oof. on the top floor. Yeah, so I'm away from that shit, but, <laughs> oh god. Um, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> no, no, I was gonna say, you're the, you're the modern day Macaulay Culkin. It's true, it's true, except I don't have, like, the trap, like, Savoir Faire. Uh, we get Danny playing Wednesday, pan to Wednesday. Danny's playing on this famous uh, geometric rug, which I'll definitely use as a tease for this episode, audience. Um, <laughs> till a ball rolls in front of him, and bitch, I'm gone. As soon as that ball rolls, I'll be out of that oh, room. This, oh, yeah. this is where the pan that I was thinking of comes yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, And the door is open to room 237. Danny mm. goes inside that stupid bitch. And Wendy is, uh, like, surveying the boiler room. We get a transition to her, like, in her brown overalls. She's wearing a green gigam work shirt and Wait, brown corduroy I, overalls. I thought she was just doing some calibrating, like Garrus from Mass Effect. Okay, so in the book, <laughs> another in the book point. Jack's job is to look after the boiler. The whole book. And he finds, like, some notes. Like, some mobsters have been involved with the hotel before. Mm. In the boiler room. And he's like, you know what? I should ditch my play and write a book about this instead. Mm. Um, and that's just something to add. Um, that it, that was his job. And I found it interesting that they gave that to Wendy in this movie. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it gives her a little well, more to do. Well, yeah. I think for the, for the sake of it. Because, like... After this, like, there's nothing but just whining and crying. From, Which like, Stanley Duvall. Kubrick mentioned. Yeah. She's only whining and crying. Mm. And Stephen King's like, she's a stupid bitch. And then Jack, we hear screaming. Uh, Wendy runs to see uh, see what's the matter. And Jack says he has a nightmare. I dreamed that I killed Danny and you. Well, bye, Felicia. I'd be out of that house. Oh, yeah. I'd be out of that hotel. Like, I... you dreamed you're killing us? Okay, bye. <laughs> and Danny comes walking in in a comatose state. With strangle marks around his neck. In the mm. book, the hotel wants to take Danny's powers, but in the film, it doesn't actually want anything. It just wants to kill Danny. But the demon house. It's not a demon. It's like they want to absorb the shine. I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, audience. All I know in terms of the dark, the, like the, like the dark. Stop tower, mentioning the dark the tower. Dar- but the, I got to <laughs> say that because it relates directly to barely. Me. No, listen, because like Dick, there, Dick. you you told me to, uh, relates we'll directly get to, Dick. to 
the Dark Tower universe because the Dark Tower relates to The Shining because I saw The Shining movie. Yeah. And that The Shining relates to The Dark Tower yeah. and Matthew McConaughey. Barely, Mark. You saw the worst rendition. Oh, Amazon yeah. currently has the rights renewed for The Dark Tower. <gasps> oh, so do they? They're going to do a series. Just like Hulu Ooh. has the rights to The Dark Tower as well. And Castle Rock. <laughs> which we won't speak of. I hope we but get eight seasons. We get the Wendy line, You did this to him, didn't you? You son of a bitch! Ah! And she just like trudges away, which I always find hilarious. Um, Jack is in a rage, passing mirrors on his way to the gold room bar, which is like, you know, is Jack there? Or is he his mirror self? I see a lot of theories online. Hmm. Uh, Jack meets Lloyd, who offers him a drink. Great acting to the camera. I love the little son of a bitch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we see the hotel's malevolence personified. Bala Bourbon, White Man's Burden, Jack is Nighty Jack. I love this little son of a bitch. Blames Wendy. Jack is a cartoon character in this scene, which I really relate to. Well, like, we also like get those, like, relations with, like, Dick, uh, where it's like... It's like, oh, how'd you know, like, we call him Doc or whatever. Yeah, like, like, so earlier like, in the film, yeah. So it, there's a lot of correlations with, like, Hanna-Barbera cartoons mm-hmm. uh, there as well. So uh, Jack is very much a cart- cartoon character. Yeah, and himself. I totally feel that throughout the movie. He's very, like, Wile E. Coyote. Yeah, which mm. I know this adds to, like, the layers of me as a person, but my dad loves Looney Tunes cartoons, <laughs> and that's how we bonded. And I, it, like, added to, like, this layer of The Shining to me. I go Oof. back and I, I'll watch Hanna-Barbera, and, like, yeah, like, yeah this toy, especially with, like, Space... My dad has a Wile E. Coyote cart- uh, a tattoo on his back. Space Jam so 2 is like, coming out, everybody, yeah. with LeBron James, so yeah. prepare your Woo. butts for that. Yeah. Yeah. Wendy comes jogging in afterward and she's with a bat that she's holding loosely, which I always point out. And she goes, Oh, there's a crazy woman in room 237 that tried to strangle Daddy. Jack, you gotta do something. Which, uh, before that, can we discuss Lloyd for a second here? Yeah. Because is that an, an amalgamation of the, the uh, hotel? Yeah. Yeah. Or, or just like Jack's perception. I think in the book we learn a little bit more about Lloyd. I think he is the dog man in the dog man suit or the bear man in the oh. film. We'll get to him a little or, or, bit later. That's giving like blowjobs. There's a really I, weird thing going like, on. I, is, is there like demonic things that are going on here? There is. Aside from the shining because I know what the shining is. Yeah. Aside from like what exists within the dark, I guess like the king verse. <laughs> Don't you say dark tower? Get, get that out. Well, the dark tower exists within the the king verse here, and yeah. because right? it resides mainly within like what's going on here. Yeah. So, I I I just don't fully understand because these things do exist within that imagination. Uh, so I'm very confused here. Uh, well, it's, it's hard to explain because... Because Dick goes into very unsubtly detail with Danny yeah, yeah. of, like, what The Shining is. Yeah. And I, 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 mean, I, I, I guess, guess what, for anybody that watched the Dark Tower movie... <laughs> Stop mentioning the Dark Tower movie. It's but, shit. But I have to mention that because that exists here. But... It's so shit. Like the I know it's shit because it, and Matt's but, like, "What am I doing here? But, like, why but, am I on this podcast?" But for the for the sake of everything, the books or the films that makes sense here because we need to uh, mount that because this is Marvel Universe garbage. Yeah, well, it's Marvel Universe garbage in my Stephen King Universe garbage. 
which Dick exists in other books. He shows up in It, the novel. Yeah. He's at the, the club, me. The Black Spot, and his job is basically to get like these African-Americans out as the Ku Klux Klan burns down this club. Wow. And Pennywise shows up, which we might see in part two. Oh my God. We might mm. see. This, this is exactly what I'm talking about It was about supposed here. to be in part one, but they cut it out. So we might see it, but Dick is like, you know, we got to get out. He has The Shining in his youth, and then he shows up in The Shining later on, and he shows up in Doctor Sleep later on. Oh, John, everything cool. that you're talking about right now is like what I talk about when it comes to the Marvel Cinematic I, I know. Universe. I know, but I hate comic books. Wait, like, I does, know, but like, this Dick, is comic books. What you're talking about? What, Dick shows up in Doctor Sleep because he doesn't he, die. He shows in up this... in like the first two chapters of Doctor Sleep, and okay. he teaches Danny how to use his powers for good. Huh. Like, look at the powers. Uh, he kind of like compartmentalizes the ghosts and puts them in a box. What do you mean He's, by for good? Because I, I don't even know if Dick uses powers. Because his job is to take ghosts that linger in the world and put them in a box. Like, they don't exist anymore. Huh. It's weird. It's John, weird. John, just read comic books for 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 it's now not on. The same. From from now on, <laughs> read comic books because you are a, a hypocrite of a of yourself because everything that you're talking about is of that not comic books the, the dark tower is not novel it uh, is comic books i uh, swear to god no no uh we're gonna get to our first three hour episode of nightcaps <laughs> at the cinema tonight i feel like so, there are just so many powers i'm going to the bathroom mentioned no, in the movie go talk to yourself. we'll talk to ourselves <laughs> So, Dick is watching TV in Florida with the topless lady pictures going on. Oh, yeah. And when he gets a horrible vision of the Overlook Room 237 and I Danny... Do, I do really like the zoom into his face right there when he's yeah. like, yeah, silently screaming like you said before. He's just mouth open, eyes popping out of his forehead at a million miles an hour. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's great. And Jack meets a young woman in the bathtub oh, who Lord. changes into a bloated, rotting woman. Uh, the bathroom is mint green and great. I love this scene. Lots of color and block sets, which we'll see a little bit later. And Kubrick's own idea. Uh, makes out quick. There's a cut. Disgust and run out. So it's a little bit of everything. Like, show this old woman deteriorating before him. Yeah, it's I like that. Serious. Yeah. I like I, that a lot because it show it just... It's like, quick and we get the point, you know. Yeah, like, who is he to think that he deserves... You know more than what he has. Yeah. Meanwhile, Dick is calling up constantly to check up on this hotel. Yeah. He's like, you know, I've called for the sixty seventh time. Have we gotten any word back? And the the operator is like, no, no, hey, I haven't. He must have Sprint. Yeah. Uh, we get another Danny close up, a flash to red rum, and silent screams, which always upsets me. And we get blood in the elevators again. Which is a continuing thing. Yeah, I mean, I do think I'm with Mark on that one where it would have been more effective if it showed up later in the building up of tension. Because right now it kind of it didn't seem but to have much of an impact. I think it's a good midpoint, too. Like, you know, showing what's going to happen again. I guess, but it's... Because we got to get Dick on the ball, like, rolling towards the hotel, which takes a little long. I agree That's with true. you. That's true. Like, he could have been there in a flash, but <laughs> we see Dick, like... Oh no, I gotta get there. Taking the plane, booking the snowcat, walking up there. I mean, honestly, maybe I'm just dumb, but as an understatement. But when I see the blood pouring out of the elevators, I don't really feel like that's a sign of trouble or danger. What do you mean? If blood just, was pulling out of the elevators, that would surely. Let me ask you it that. It just that. seems more like a cool effect. We, we see blood. Out of the elevators within like the thirty minute mark because it it's not so much a surprise to us because Shelley Duvall when, when she sees it it's it's much a surprise to us yeah. that it's made mm-hmm. to be but 
we see it just because Danny sees it as more of a premonition of what's to come. But yeah. it's more of like a ghostly effect because... But at the same time, we know it's a bad sign. It's an omen, but like yeah. we don't know what that initially means. Which though. relates back to the book because we get the red rum, but, but we don't know what that means. That's the mm-hmm. book, though. That's not the film. But Kubrick was adapting the book. Kubrick was adapting the book, but then we don't see much of like what King was meant... Messi trying Which to is speak the point. for one of the- King hated this film. Okay. He's I, like, I don't like what's seen in this film. Okay, I, King, I think King it is Alan Moore. I think it would have been better to just uh if Danny kept seeing the twins like slaughtered and all bloodied yeah. up, but then he saw like the twins, you know, all fine and I, yeah, stuff in visions. I, I that would have been better than the elevators. I would have seen like what involved with like the gold yeah. ballroom. Like what what well, pertained there? Speaking of the gold ballroom. Uh, here we go, mm-hmm. the book. Jack details. returns to the gold room, finding a party in full swing. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the final gold room sequence, Kubrick instructed the extras via megaphone not to talk, but to mine conversation to each other. Hmm. Kubrick knew from years of scrutinizing thousands of films that extras could often mind their business by nodding and using large gestures that look fake. So, rutabaga, tomato, you know, all that stuff <laughs> are us actors know on stage. Yes. I, know, I know about mouthing watermelon. Yes, a watermelon, rutabaga, all that. <laughs> um, he told them to act naturally to give the scene a chilling sense of time-tripping realism as Jack walks from the 70s into the roaring 20s. We meet Delbert Grady, who has obviously killed his children before. The previous caretaker. Yeah, in this fabulous all-red bathroom, which is beautiful. Mm -hmm. It really stands out. A lot of posters. I collect movie posters nowadays, audience, so... I hope a shining poster one day adorns these walls. And, uh, and it's do- a great set. Donate some to us. And, oh, God, uh, I would love that. The next PO poster box. is for uh, Moonlight. Yes. There's a few good Moonlight posters is out there. Is there really? Really? I have to. I sent you one during the, the film. You know, I never seen Moonlight. <sighs> All right. Hey, same here. Uh, Jack recognizes him as the former caretaker. Uh, says Grady is like, I don't remember that, but claims that an outside force. Dick is communicating with Danny trying to get help. Grady remembers saying the twins tried to burn the hotel down and that he had to set them right. Okay. He corrected them. He corrected them. Very Mm. good. Um, And Jack then destroys the radio after this. He goes up and he pulls out the the wires, which is like, oh no, what do I do? Like the three components and then he shakes them in in his hand. He takes an axe to it and Mm. it makes it a little more serious. It makes more sense. You know, uh, Dick is on a plane in roots. And Jack is back to tip-typing away. The plane lands and it's all snow somehow. Dick gets a snowcat and starts to head up there. So we're headed to the end of the movie. Finally, Dick has arrived in Colorado, slowly moving his way up to the hotel. Uh, (laughs) Wendy goes to talk to Jack. And she suddenly picks up a bat as Looney Tunes. Like, this whole Looney Tunes scene plays, like... Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm not doing anything, you know? Like, Who is the Daffy Duck here? We, definitely Jack. Yes. Definitely Jack. Um, this is the scene that really made me think about Jim Carrey and his acting career. Yeah. Mm. I mentioned this during the movie, but it it's met, like, I feel like Jim Carrey took... Yeah. I feel like Jim. he took so many cues from this film just for his whole Jim, Jim career. Carrey, Jim Carrey, who would be like maybe 16 at this point, yeah. what maybe... like have delivered a very similar performance here that Jack Nicholson would have delivered. Oh, yeah. I, I agree, I agree. But Jack Nicholson does a great job with the Oh, oh absolutely. Yeah. That's what I give him kudos I for. I think he, he paved the way for uh, uh, Carrie to 
build his career on yeah. Yeah. those kinds of facial expressions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyways, we discovered that Jack has been writing a bad novel with all work and no play makes Jack, Jack a dull boy. boy. Uh, for the international version of this film, Kubrick shot different takes of Wendy reading the typewriter pages in different languages for each language, a suitable idiom. Yeah, I really appreciate the effort that he went through to, to translate all yeah, of those into like their actual media or I, idioms. I, I, Right? But I will say, none of them have as good of an impact as yeah. All Work and it No Play make makes any Jack and like, Boy. You know, the English actors Absolutely. or whatever, yeah. American actors or whatever. But it just, it works so well, that phrase. I mean, obviously they planned it that way, you know, that's why they mm-hmm. named the character Jack and everything, mm-hmm. but... We gotta get to Barry London. Jack walks in on Wendy, and he wails a bit. How do you like it? And we get a lot of <laughs> Wes Anderson parody shots, you know, oh, yeah. like, close up on whatever, close up on whatever, they're <laughs> fighting with each other. And the score is going fucking crazy at this mm. point. I'm not going to hurt you. I'm just going to bash your fucking brains in. Oof. And very, Wendy... Very Smiths-like. Yes. And Wendy <laughs> is swinging this bat very nonchalantly, but she knocks him down the fucking stairs. She grabs a knife and shakily runs off. Jack has sabotaged the radio and Snowcat. Fuck is all I put. Oh. I just, oh. I really love that line. Like, I'm not going to hurt you. I'm going to bash your brain. And, yes. Oh, yes. I mean, I'm going to bash like, the My dad has in. said that to me many a time. This is one of his favorite movies. It's so give terrifying. Give me the bat, Marge. Give me the bat. Give me the bat. Oh. One of my favorite Trias of Horror yes. episodes with, from All The Simpsons. work and no play makes Homer it's, something something. Yeah. <laughs> oh. It's so terrifying, that line, because I feel like Jack actually thinks, like, he's not going to hurt them. He's... He's correcting them. Yes. Like, he's actually making yeah. them into what they should yeah. be. As well, any oh, alcoholic dad would do. But, like, oh, we, we, we also just learned from, like, how she's, like, looking through the pages of, like, what he was writing. That he was psychotic from the be- very oh, beginning. Well, this mm-hmm. is my next note. So, right. Gotta respect one, the formatting, yeah. by the way. Just gotta get yeah. that in. The formatting of those pages, well done. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. you know, you got blocked like, like, what he was, like, going for. <laughs> yeah. Like, I almost Yo. feel like he meant to say... Like he like in his mind he was actually thinking this was like a masterpiece and there were actually yes. full senses. Yes. Like he was well, writing the great see American it's in the novel. Play format. Like he has yeah, like yeah. sections oh, for monologues and it's everything. So Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Really well done. So at one point in the novel, Jack recovers his mind long enough to tell Danny to run away and that he loves him. But Jack definitely doesn't do this in the film. And Bringing up my hint from before, rogue stroke, daddy's gonna get you. Instead of an axe, it's a roke mallet because they're playing croquet at the the hotel instead I, in the book. I so I could have like just referenced like uh, hook for that reference, like yeah. like ho- run home, Jack, yeah. run home, Jack. Mm-hmm. Oh wait, 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 home run, Jack. Yes, home run, Jack. Yes, one of my favorite uh, Spielberg films. Just FYI. Mm. So Shelley drags Jack to the freezer somehow, which we never know really. And Delbert Grady to the rescue. Um, everyone deserves a second chance. And I do like how Grady does mention, like, oh, you know what? She's stronger than we thought. Mm-hmm. She's actually outwitted you. Yeah. yeah, he's basically like, just kill your wife and kid, okay? Yeah, and just dips off. Um, Dick is puttering along, and we finally see Red Rum is murder spelled backwards Red in the film after all this time. Um, I don't remember my first time watching it, but I definitely didn't realize that because I watched the film before I read the book. I, I just knew it from pop culture already yeah, at okay. that point. Okay. okay, so that's a, a normal <laughs> excuse. And Danny casually picks up a knife. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, and just like stands in front of his mother, like, Red Rum! Red Rum! Red Rum! Red Rum! And Wendy's like, oh god, it means murder! Like, is Danny, like, fully possessed by Tony at okay. this point? 
So let's explain Tony, shall we? All right. Yeah, so here, here we go. All right. the, the Dark Tower universe it's has now not, come full circle. It's not Dark Tower. <laughs> it is. In Doctor Sleep, oh. Danny is the future version. Uh, Tony the, is the future yeah. version of Danny. So he's okay. possessed by the future version of himself. Oh, my going, God. Do this, do this, do this. So Danny knows exactly what to do when Danny or Tony grows up in the Doctor Sleep universe. Okay. So he's like echoing back like, don't do this, do this, don't do this, do this. Instead, through the shining power. And that's how Stephen King writes. I didn't write the books. I just read them. Pick up on that. So, I mean, that what, introduces what, time travel, which is a whole what, fucking... What John is describing here is that, that uh, he has now indwelled himself into comics. Yes. And, or just like his own version of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Except I've been or, there or, or just comics in general, because... What he keeps bashing about comics or the DC is the same thing that Stephen is the King goddamn was. same yeah. thing, or like what uh, Stephen King keeps bashing about in terms yeah. of his adaptations yeah. is what Alan Moore keeps talking about when it comes to him his own versions. When it comes to uh, let, let me guess, uh, uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Or a Watchmen. I do love that movie, though. I, I, story I, that's a guilty pleasure for me. Same. Uh, Not Watchmen. I, I, I like Watchmen, I like for, Watchmen. For, for its own reasons. I think it's better than the ending when it comes to the first volume with the giant squid. Uh, I think Oof. that's a little bit uh, too of its own thing. I like I like it better for the film adaptation. Uh but, oh my, John, you are hi- hypocrite of your own I am. self. I don't like comics, but I love Stephen King. So yeah, but, but Stephen King is comics. I'm telling you right now, man. Hey. I will say, I could see the merit with Alan Moore and those Where's types their of... Where's their Pulitzer Prize, Those types of comics. But, like, <laughs> mainstream comics, Marvel, DC, I don't like that the characters just keep coming back yeah. they keep regenerating yeah. that ruins it for me like me St- too Stephen King is his own Stan Lee I said it right now cocaine is a hell of a drug <laughs> yeah as we learned in the Chappelle show yeah. cocaine is a hell of a drug I mean he pops up in what what novel you you know Dr. Sleep okay everything, fine everything everything <laughs> uh, anyways Jack wields an axe in the film but in the book it's a roke mallet so like croquet yeah so it's all but, rogue stroke daddy's gonna get me was a book quote I do like this approach to it though. I don't know I like the Heather's symbolism of like the rogue croquet mallet yeah but no one will like read Heather's and like think like it's like oh read this- Heather's it's a movie Mark <laughs> what, well no one will like read uh, see watch. it no watch. one will watch Heather's and like watch um uh The Shining and think like oh wow uh here's what Heather's. I did though <laughs> You, but Me? not not a mainstream audience. I don't know. Wait, um, and then like, like, the... like, why is there a croquet mallet here? Yeah. Why? But like, it makes more sense for him to use an axe because he was also like. Referred oh, we'll to, get to that. That's my next note. Or it's like he, uh, the previous uh, caretaker, used an axe to yeah. butcher his family. That relates to it. Yeah. So for and I love and like, it's more the, threatening than a croquet mallet. And, yeah. and, well. And, Axe, of course it is. Mark, what are I you thinking know. of? But thinking- Matt? Mark. <laughs> We're two Matt. different people. Mark, Matt. Here, took it to <laughs> two specific universes here. We're uh, the same person. The Kraken's talking. I don't know, but it, I think, you know, an axe could just slice someone, but a Mally, you would have to bash someone's brains in. <laughs> yeah. As well, he said, it depends. I, that's I more terrifying to me. I would be more terrifying to me. Nah, oh, to come me, on. it's bashing. What do you mean? Oh, come on. Uh, 
Neither would be good. Well, first a of all, bash I, of a slash and all was right. The mo- I think a slasher is more more frightening, yeah. but a basher for when I watched Pan's Labyrinth is more actually yeah, is well, a little bit more because well, that's because the rabbit scene because right, where he when looked, he bashes yeah. the son's face in with the butt well, that's of his more of gun. a stab I think that's not a stab that's a bash. We'll watch mm. a Labyrinth of Horno <laughs> more on this podcast. Labyrinth is fucking horrifying. Uh, Labyrinth of Horno. Not Labyrinth. We watched okay, Labyrinth. Okay, you're the cultured. You don't have to like talk down to me. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Who says um, uh, Rogue Stroke Daddy's gonna get? Is that Jack? Da- Jack. That's oh, Felicity Jones. Daddy's gonna get me. Well, it's he says Daddy's gonna get you. Oh, okay, I changed okay. it up a little bit. Okay. Um, from the little book. pigs. Little, little pigs. pigs. Let me come in. That is more frightening to me than what he's what you were it referencing. It is because it's like nursery rhymes, which is also referenced in the book. But uh, the door that Jack chops through with the axe near the end of the film was a real door. Kubrick had originally shot this scene with a fake door, but Nicholson, who had worked as a volunteer fire marshal, tore it down too quickly during the scene. Can we talk about like the infamous like YouTube video that's like spread across? I don't YouTube? know. I don't think I've seen it because it has like the behind the scenes before they shoot the actual. Scene, infamous scene. Yeah, I, 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 for me, I suppose, uh, where it's like Jack Nicholson getting into that like mindset. Where yeah, it's like, well, I've seen it. Yeah. I'm an axe murderer. Yeah. I am an axe murderer. And the Shelley Duvall and like and, like a key grip is like frightened yeah. of like what he's getting <laughs> well, his we can own mindset. This is like in. the 160th shot that they've taken, and then and then it cuts to him like knocking on the door, and going, "Little pigs." Little pigs, mm-hmm. let, let me, me come, come in. in. Yeah, and it's frightening from the, just like his perspective mm-hmm. of his own mindset getting into that mm-hmm. role because Jack Nicholson, for all intents and purposes, is a psychopath. Yeah, <laughs> yeah any role that he does, or even when he shows up to the Playboy Mansion, is mm-hmm. a psychopath. Yeah, well, Jack has had a rough life. So has he? He was like his own grandfather, as we said before, or something you, like that. You mean he was Mr. Futurama? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> something fucked up with his parents, so I mean, I believe it. And he's he great fucked actor. his grandmother. He fits the role really well, as uh, opposed he, to Shelly. Yes, he does. He's like, oh, Papa, I no, don't know what to do. I like Save Shelly. Me, Papa. I think she's great know, in it. I know, Matt. You I like love her Shelley. in it. I love her in it. She, she does. She, she hits all the right notes. She hits all the right notes for this role for this movie. Mm-hmm. No, what? However, she's described in the actual novella or novel of <laughs> novel. this of, of of this role. It's different, but it's necessary. Yeah. So I agree. So Jack's line, "Here's Johnny," yes. is taken from Ed McMahon's famous introduction Here's to the Night Show. Here's Johnny, uh, starring Johnny Carson, yes. and was improvised by Nicholson. Kubrick, who had lived in England for some time, was unaware of the significance <laughs> yeah. of the line and nearly used a different take instead. Like, what does this mean? Uh, like, I don't great. get it, but it really came across to American audiences. That's fantastic. It's almost more frightening when he says first, where it's like, "Honey." I'm home. Yes, I love that too. It's almost more it's like Dick Van Dyke, right? Y- yes. Yeah. The, the the blank 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 fa- show. That's more frightening say. for like his more signi- significant role for saying here's Johnny. Yeah. Um, somehow Danny can fit through the window, even though Shelley Duvall, who is honestly a string bean, can't. <sighs> Which I found confusing. <laughs> She's uh, what's her, what's her name from uh, Nightmare Before Christmas? Uh, uh Sally. Sally. Yeah. 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 A skeleton. God, I love Nightmare Before Christmas, too. Ooh, is that your next pick? I wish. Ooh. I didn't do any animated pictures. So <laughs> we're going backwards from the 80s. I'm, that wasn't so, I, I'm 80s. sorry. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, 
Uh, Shelly does a, a feeble stabbing. She's like, oh, oh, get away, get away. Like, barely slashes him. She slices yeah. his hand. Like, come on, if that bastard was coming through the door, you know I'd stab through his fucking but, hand. But he's yeah. like, got shit. Oh! And Jack then hears Dick in the snowcat chuck it up. And he changes plan. Danny hides in, like, this little cabinet area and cries and eventually works up the courage to leave. Uh, then finally, we get to Dick's grand entrance where he pulls up in the snowcat, walks in and goes, Hello! Hello! Is anyone in here? And we find out that um, in the Stephen King novel... Interestingly enough, he survives. He survives. Dick gets stabbed, but he lives. I done lived, bitch. Which is good because I was thinking, all right, this dude's got the shining. He's perfected it. He couldn't see this coming. Yeah. Come on. It makes sense. Um, And he does continue his story in Doctor Sleep, which we may get to on a future watch in 2020, if we ever last to that. 2021, once it's on Blu ray. Yeah. But um, let's say Dick sticks around for a little while more. Ooh, um, dick which, sticks around. Yeah, which, I love your sex. Unless they use movie assets, you know. But at the same time, it's it's interesting. Um, we then get the dog man scene, mm-hmm. or the bear man scene. Kind of weird. Where Shelley Duvall like sees this bear man giving a blowjob to someone else, and I figured I'd explain that to you. <laughs> so in the novel, instead of a bear, it's a dog man. Okay. And he threatens Danny with a blowjob instead. To what make the Ooh, fuck? like a leper? Yeah, like the like leper in the, it. Almost, almost, Rich, yeah. Richie Tozer? Yeah, right? um, so the dogman was a bit of a pervert in the 1920s that died off from mobsters and stuff that like likes young sex with young boys, apparently. And stays well, around a little bit longer. What's wrong with Stephen King, man? Stephen King, Coke, man, Coke is a hell of a drug. I, oh. I, he, we need to discuss his like his upbringing with like Monkey he, Bone. He had a rough relationship with his mother. How about that nightlight? I don't know. No nightlight. <laughs> he seems pretty normal. He just loves to you know pick what? on people. I, I seen like a like a legit like just him scruffy with like him in the eighties. Mm-hmm. He seems like a normal guy. He is. He just had a rough life, man, with the coke and the alcohol. I, he's everything. very self-aware of the work that he gives, but it's like he. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> oh God! Like not on my table. He 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 definitely, or it's like he has his own issues that he definitely just writes out on people because most of like the protagonists that he writes are writers. Yeah. So like he, it's just it's him. a self-insert character. Yeah. Yes, a- absolutely. Yeah. Um, a lot of writers in Stephen King books. Um, at the same time, we see uh, Sally Duvall. Is it Sally? Shelley Duvall. Sorry. Really? Sally. I'm thinking of uh, Peanuts characters. <laughs> Hello, sir. Uh, Shelley Duvall walks in on like, <laughs> this bear man going down on this random suited person. Uttam Gundam style. And just gets freaked out by it. Like, oh, gay sex. I mean, Never. it's fine, but yeah. like, close the door. Yeah. yeah, you know, like, be a little private yeah, with yourself. Classy. Well, maybe they're like voyeur, you know. They is could it, be into that. Is this also a scene from the book? Um, it has no... The, like I said, the dog man is in the book. He goes like, let me give you a blowjob, Danny. And Danny's like, no. And that's like <laughs> the whole scene. That? Yeah, literally, that's the whole scene. He's like, no, but okay, imagine... So it has how... as much relevance in the book as it does in the film. I, not... I know we're over two hours at this point, but... Holy shit. You know, this is our longest episode, which I'm fine with. Well, we no have sense. to for this. Yeah, we have to for The Shining. Danny shows up in the hallway and he's like, what's a blowjob? And the guy's like, I'll give you one, Danny. And he's like, no! 
And that's the whole scene. He runs away. You want to be a gunslinger? That's a great show. You need to like that show. I kill with my heart. Oh, Have you watched all of Trigun? Yes. Well, return it to me. I'll give you my next... Uh... No, Trigun is great. I know. That's why I, 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 I love how it leaves off on such as like... Oh, for, uh, we'll, well, that's for another podcast. <laughs> Nash the Stampede and all that. <laughs> um, this ice is impossible to open, by the way. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I just opened it, Matt. We'll wait. You and your anime shirt as we're talking about anime for a we'll brief wait. second. So anyways, we get to Danny hiding, Wendy cries, and eventually works up the courage to leave the room and find the the dog man or the bear man. Yes. Um, somehow, uh, Dick gets injured in Stephen King's novel but ends up getting away. He doesn't die I don't know, he, outright. He, he gets uh, like, bu- like murdered. <laughs> Dick lives in the novel. He gets stabbed, but at the same time, he lives to Dr. Sleep, and he's like, Danny, don't mess around with those ghosts no more, and what does Danny do? Mess around with those ghosts some fucking And then we never hears his dad through the phone. Okay, so Jack does make a, or John does make an appearance. Was it Jack Nicholson? It's John in the book. It's John in the book. John Torrance instead of Jack But like for the TV movie, was it Jack Nicholson? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Or, no, not Jack Nicholson, Jack Torrance. But I'm I'm saying for the actor who no. is portraying no, Jack Torrance. No, it's Stephen Weber who reads the audiobooks for Stephen King a lot Okay, of the because I watched oh. the sci-fi version it's of the Stephen sequel. Weber. Yeah. Okay. I'm not that drunk, audience. I know my actors. We're, he's not that drunk. <laughs> no, I'm not he's that not drunk. that drunk. Uh, he's, he's not, not that, that drunk. drunk. Anyways, let's finish this episode, please, before we get to three hours <laughs> in the movie. I do not like Dick's head. <laughs> I feel like he he gets so far and then he just dies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's not worth anything. Well, like I, I associate this with like when I bring up Creep Show from like maybe an episode or two ago, where it's like you and Creep Show. I, well, for Dick, I think uh, oh, not to bring it back to Dick Holleran. Dick, favorite named character is. Uh, but Matt, you've always been here. <laughs> I think the only reason he was killed off was to like raise the stakes because yeah, you know in the course. movie he's the only one that Jack actually accomplishes killing. Yeah, yeah. No, nobody else yeah. is actually hurt or injured That's or true. anything like that. That's true. I didn't so realize. I, that. I think it's just to raise the stakes in that way. But they could have mm-hmm. done it in a. In they a had to way. have someone die. I, so yeah, I exactly. That. It has to do with, I guess, like the, I guess, like horror or theme mm-hmm. of it. I guess, like, because like the last frame was like, just like Jack's face. Yeah. In like the nineteen early whatever's photos, nineteen twenties photo of him like there like smiling. So, they're, they're obviously, I guess you have something written down there. Yeah, well, let's get to the end of the film. Okay, so, Jack, so let's, get to this, let's get to the king lore. Yeah, so this. Jack sees Danny, and the chase begins. Hmm. I don't know why Danny emerges. He kind of senses where he is, though. He's like, Danny, come out. Like, Danny! Danny, come out. And uh, Danny emerges from his hiding place, and we see Wendy running around in the skin grimace robe set. <laughs> and uh, we get this man in the bear suit with some head, giving some head to the dog man, whatever. And it's more prevalent <laughs> in the book. The dog man threatens Danny in the book, but his whole backstory is left out of the film, and his costume changed to a bear one as Wendy walks in on his going down on uh, one of the former hotel owners. So mm. it's all like like this lower class versus upper class thing. Um, we get the maze chase, which is very fairy tale, uh, very pants labyrinth. I feel like yeah. you know running through the maze. Yeah, definitely. Um, and Wendy sees spooks, which aren't very scary. That doesn't scare me at all. Like the skeletons in the seat, and Matt was like, you know, it 
that's a little scary. But I'm like, bitch, that's a skeleton. You could just no, knock I, that shit I didn't away. Say it was scary. Did I say it was scary? I think you did. I pulled a Brenda and Scary Movie where I'm like, bitch, it's just a skeleton. Yeah. That ain't scary. He gonna kill you. Yeah, and we get the tribal chanting slash mounting in the background, which is really powerful. Mm, uh, yep. Danny backtracks in the snow and finds Wendy. And backtracking is a classic fairy tale thing. Like, you know, step backwards in your steps, you won't be found. Uh, and they escape in the snowcat. Oh, and yeah. a ballistic uh, Frozen Jack transition and a photo symbolizing Jack has joined the hotel's 1921 thrall. Uh, the hotel explodes in the book, but it doesn't in the film. Really? And there's a cool wow. opera, though. Uh, so anyway, in the book, this is what happens. Danny is trying to blow up the hotel. He runs down to the boiler, tries to set it off, and Jack is trying to stop him throughout the whole thing. But at mm. the same time, Jack regains his senses and is like, Danny, run out. I'll do it for you. Um, I'll blow up the hotel. Wow. And we get this father figure that's like, you know what, I'll do it for you. He sets the hotel off and explodes, only to reappear mysteriously in the Doctor Sleep sequel. <gasps> so, you know. Could what be, what could does be, that mean? Could be what a demon. Yeah. And, I feel um, like that's actually pretty damn interesting. It's it's really I recommend I like that. reading the book. Yeah. It's deeper. We get some bees in the book. I remember I don't there's like one that. scene where there's I know like Hollow Man where Danny discovers a, a bee nest that's empty. You mean Kevin he, Bacon? Yo, yes. Hollow Man? Yes, but he <laughs> sleeps with it next to his bedside, and the bees during the night come out of it and try to sting him. Which is a little more more deeper. It's it's Stephen King. What can I say? I didn't write the book. Why are you looking at me like that? I just read the book a couple times, but it's a little deeper. Okay, and uh, that's the only other difference I can get to. I, I, I like I like the ending from the book. Yeah, as yeah. you've described it. Yeah, that's pretty it, cool. It blows up, but like I said, it's rebuilt a few layers later in uh, Doctor yeah. Sleep. That's but cool. That's the end of my notes. So hmm. should we end this episode, Matt? I'll go. <laughs> you can go first. <laughs> Alright, I mean, I really like this film. Like I said, I think Kubrick is a visionary. Um, I love the panning. I think the the most iconic instance of panning is probably uh, the axe. Like, the camera just following the axe. The axe's fluid motion, fluid rapid motion. I feel like it's a really cool effect that um, I haven't really seen replicated elsewhere. I mean, it doesn't really... No, I think it does add something to the to the tension because you do get this uh, just this more visceral feeling of like whiplash yeah. associated with it that I think is really cool. Okay. Um, but yeah, apart from that, I like a lot of visual stuff. Yeah, the score is something that I hadn't really oh paid attention to. I yeah. think until this time, I think probably watching two thousand one a few weeks back really put me in the mindset of like paying attention to it just catching a lot of similarities there mm-hmm. very um uh, well john kept on mentioning philip glass philip glass philip glass, like, uh, glass buy some bread buy some bread that's a, <laughs> a skit we do in theater like some uh, uh, philip glass buys some bread some kiyunis katsi kind of yes. chanting there yes queen bring mm-hmm. up those composers that i know oh, yeah. about <laughs> well that's a that's a name of a thing a well, full glass thing i think i'm smarter i'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm drunker <laughs> um Let's see. I think a lot of this is just. I do not like the Jack character. I mean, obviously, you do I don't, not like I don't know. the Jack I know. character. Pretty we have brave. To discuss that. Pretty brave of me. Make to this say. a three-hour episode. <laughs> we gotta discuss. 
Do no, but, like Jack, why? I feel like it's really just emblematic of like how what I said before of um that kind of mother just I have to work. Yeah. Let me focus That's on That's me. My I feel just it. way too self important. Just like, okay, you're working. Oh, okay, you're, you're coming for me? I'm, no, no. <laughs> on this podcast? Just for Jack. For Jack. All right. Your work don't mean shit, boy. Uh, in, um, let's see. There was, there was, try it. <laughs> there was one thing I was thinking about, but I forgot what it was. Um, well, let's see. We discussed the score of the characters. Let's see. So what else goes into making Imagery. a film? Uh, <laughs> Aperture. Aperture. Science. Focus. Focus. Stanley Kubrick as a director. Oh, boy. Yeah, I don't remember what else there was. All right. We'll come back to you if you have Hmm. anything. Um, Uh, I'll post on Instagram if I remember it. Yeah, this film was really important to me because it is the second scariest film in my life. It was easier watching it with the friends than alone. I feel like it was actually scarier this time than the first time I watched really? it, which is weird because the first time I watched it, I was alone. Wow, we were debating through the whole thing, but um, yeah. the imagery just, really strikes me in this film. Slightly scary. I wasn't yeah. like too too spooked. And being the one that actually read the book multiple times, <laughs> I can feel that the film is a little bit scarier than the book. Uh, I agree with Stanley Kubrick and Kubrick, Kubrick <laughs> and what he wrote and, you know, trying to get it across. I feel like it's a better film overall. And one of the scariest films in cinema. Mark. Mm. For me... Oh, he's alive! I'm alive. <laughs> For me, it's definitely a film that holds up on its own. Uh, knowing that it's a film or a franchise that <laughs> pertains to a larger Stephen King universe. Yeah. Uh, that expands on its own thing in terms of like... It or the Dark Tower, it leaves me with questions that I guess most people within like a comic book sense, yeah, maybe within your sense, mm. could answer. It leaves me with more questions than answers. Yeah, but uh, for itself, for a film of itself, it definitely holds my attention. Mm-hmm. It's haunting. It's frightening, and it's. Definitely a film that's worth watching for someone who hasn't watched it before yeah. and doesn't need to pertain to any other Stephen King uh, anthologies that feel like they need to adopt to. Yeah. And I think it's, uh, for me, that, that, that it's grown up, aside from those properties, mm. it's very daunting and haunting. And I still find it uh, entertaining. Yeah. And I think I, I totally recommend it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, can I, we give I, the Shining a pass? I, I remembered a couple of the points I was thinking about earlier. Okay, there we go. One was... <laughs> oh, okay, How many pizza slices, Matt? <laughs> no, no, no. Come, no not not there yet. Still. Not there yet. <gasps> Fuck. Um, no, so I was thinking <laughs> the... <laughs> <laughs> Mark, why? <laughs> oh, we will get I can't there. Can't hold together anymore. <laughs> oh God! I've been drinking. Better sleep on my couch before I, you I go. I swear to God, I've been drinking since Wednesday. <laughs> oh, uh, that's not a joke. No, okay, like this film, I feel like it's full of vague, uh, not really plot twists, but vague connections to like a larger mythology. Yeah, and. 
the plot twist at the end is really interesting to me in that like I don't really know what it means how it has much relevance what does it mean John it's it's a weird plot twist like you know the final image of Jack being in the 20s in that photograph Mm -hmm. like it's it's interesting in that like it doesn't really mean it doesn't change anything for the movie honestly it doesn't really mean anything to the audience yeah like it doesn't it makes no difference it doesn't it's just it's kind of there as like an oh shit moment but then like you think about it a little bit and you're like no that that didn't affect me at all like seeing that it's like mm-hmm. okay it just kind of made me think about things a little bit more I think like, that it was like he was amalgamated into the hotel like you know like joined that thrall of magic or whatever spirits but that's I what my know. problem is with this movie nowadays no, alright Mark like, use your words <laughs> because that this amalgamates to a majority of the the novel novels or novels that King now <laughs> Uh, relates to yeah. within his king or what we his kingdom or yeah. what you or or I refer to as the king verse yeah and because I guess the shining of itself relates to because of the dark tower mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> uh, amalgamates to what's in a larger scope of what's related to that. Yeah, and it, it it messes me up, but I I try to separate what The Shining is as, aside from everything else that King has made up, aside from what he's made after that. Okay. So, but this movie of in itself is pretty solid. You're <laughs> pretty solid, just pretty good. You know, and it's it, been there. It's music, been sound, quality. <laughs> It's very nice. Okay, so can we can we get to pizza slices? <laughs> we have to do it now. We've we've huh. done it so far. Um, I'll start off. I'm gonna give this five out of five pizza slices. Oh, it's out of eight, baby. Because oh, oh that God, it's eight. Oh God, okay, eight you, out of eight. What pizza, pizza do slices. you know has five slices? <laughs> Sorry, so eight out of eight pizza slices. Uh, this movie terrifies me. Uh, adds to the history of the Pizza Slices rating, whatever uh, that means. Um, it's a great horror film. That's why I picked it. Uh, mm. Adds to the Stephen King universe. Eight out of eight Pizza Slices for okay. me. Okay. Okay. I I mean I really like this movie. Of course, I actually f- I think I Marcus done. <laughs> I think I, I found had a long it. Day. I found it a little more terrifying this time than previous times. Maybe. Honestly, as a result of having seen Hereditary earlier this year, because it's it's a little bit the same mm. with like a family dissolving. Interesting, you said that. And very isolated environment. Like Hereditary is pretty much exclusively. Oh, we'll get there. It takes place in the home, <laughs> and to me, it's just been like honestly, when I'm home, like with my family, I get not paranoid, but I just get like really uh, strong feelings of like a vision of like like in hereditary like that's supposed to be a sanctuary like Mm -hmm. the home and you walk in and you see like somebody is dead or like somebody (laughs) is you know has committed suicide just like right there which is where i was uh expecting a lot of just a normal day in the cabrera house (laughs) yeah it's just like oh the images are just so powerful and i think that that might have actually impacted my viewing this time made it a little bit more horrific yeah um I will give it a seven and a quarter pizza <laughs> wow, slices. Wow, what a what a rating! And Mark, <laughs> what about you? Well, I guess right off the bat, I'll say 
Seven out of eight. Wow. Pizza slices. That's a lot of slices of it's pizza. Not, is it really? <laughs> I mean, well, seven out of eight, that's almost a whole pie. It's a movie that, <laughs> I, can't I, eat that much. I, I don't normally go back and revisit, but for this sake, it's a movie that has always stuck with me in terms of references and in terms of like cinematic quality. Yeah. And it's very horrific in terms of how it's described. And aside from like what any uh, Stephen King cinephile may relate to, yeah, as of yourself, mm-hmm. can like try and explain from like the circumstance of of, I think it's pretty uh, genuine. I think it's pretty good. <laughs> And that's all I have to say about it. What's your pizza rating, Mark? I mean, it. My, my it. pizza rating is seven, seven out of eight. Okay, seven out of sure. eight pizza slices. All right, yeah. I gave I gave eight out of eight. So that's what I'm going for. Great uh, film. Yes, yeah, solid, super all right. solid film. Let's end this episode, shall we? Let's do it with another hint for next time's episode. Here's your hint. Listen up. Only say it once. Hmm. I once read that names which begin with the letter S are the names of snakes. Oh, boy. Good night, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, you didn't say where they could find us. but Oh, we should well, do that, should we? We, we? Yeah, do that every do episode. That. It doesn't change. Uh, losing my mind, JK. Drink and read, JK. Uh, Nightcaps at the theater on most social media platforms. Matt, what about you? You can find me on Madcap1210 on Pokemon Go. <laughs> and Bitch. Mark, you can find me at uh, Instagram over at MZBro Jr. or uh, Man Who Wears Hats over on Instagram. Or no, Twitter. <laughs> He's got multiple Instagrams. <laughs>